This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voice of the Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Creech, alongside, as always, the man with a supple, supple neck, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How long are we going to uh, stretch out the supple neck thing? I like what, that one. I'm going with that one. I like it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. got mad I kept saying the King of Banter, so I changed it up. I went with the supple neck. It's true. You know, I, I, I can't complain again. I mean, right. I, like, what do, you want, what do you want me to call you? What do you want me to start the show off with? I'm not doing all of them, so I got to pick and choose. I could send you the list, and you could do all of them. You could, do you have a Do you have a master list somewhere? Well, I mean, now you know you're going to get one. <laughs> I assume you just had it in your head, but if you have a master list somewhere, yeah, free, feel free. I could throw it in the, the uh, randomizer and, uh, and 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 spit it out. It'll be it'll be a mystery to all of us what it'll be every single week. Oh, now that's right? you know that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, we can definitely throw them all that. in there. We can maybe it's a Google Docs. So you can add to it in the future and stuff. So. Well, well, always add new nicknames, right? Yeah, so it, need, it needs to be a uh, it needs to be a fluid document, so we can we can always add stuff to it, spreadsheets, something like that. We'll figure we'll figure it out. But uh, that's I, a I, good uh, that's a good hook for the listeners. They never know which one is coming. Either. Exactly. Yeah. Will you get your favorite nickname this week? <laughs> right. We should do another tier where you can pick that that week's nickname. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, fifty dollar tier. You want to pick the nickname for Joe? Maybe even if you want to pick your own original one, fifty dollar tier. You're good. Yeah. See, Not these bad. are money making opportunities. Not a bad idea. Here, here's the thing: if there G1 never... doesn't work out, if G1 doesn't work out, we'll, 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 that'll be our next idea. Got to make up that income somehow. Now, listen, there will never be another new tier because then we have to go back and change everything. Yeah, and it's fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. We just got it done like maybe a month ago. We got everything else updated after after nine months of. of Trying to figure out what the hell happened to when we did the ten dollars. Yeah, we got it now. We got it now. But um, so you're locked in ten dollars. You're locked in. I don't. I don't think we're ever uh, rolling out a new one. It's just too, too exhausting. You know, because you roll out the new tier and then nobody on that tier can listen to any of the previous stuff. Yeah, it's just a yeah. That was a that was a disaster. So. Uh, but so I was going to ask you a question to start off this show. I was I was going to ask you because uh, today the patreon.com slash voice of the wrestling indeed patreon.com slash voice of the wrestling we get plenty of plug ruskies out of the way for that because there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up uh, over the next few months on, uh, over there at patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling including our all out instant reaction which again we will not be reviewing all out on this particular show we did that for two hours until I think two fifteen a.m. Central Time we were on there uh, almost as long as the actual show itself. Doing an all-out instant reaction show, one of the best audios that we have ever done. I thought. I mean, that was just. Ex- I, I could barely talk, but I think we still got a lot in there. That was really, really extensive, really, really good uh, audio recap of uh, All Out. So that that happened uh, pretty close after the uh, show, but you can listen to that uh, Patreon.com/slash Voice of Wrestling ten dollar tier uh, for that one. But 
Uh, Joe, the reason I, I wanted to talk to you real quick, and so today the nurse went to Trader Joe's, and you're familiar with the Trader Joe's, correct? Yeah, no relation. No, yeah. so yeah, you and, and Trader Joe, no, nothing? Nothing. Okay, despite having the same first name, not related. Okay. Um, so she went to Trader Joe's and acquired numerous fall-related things. They were in full fall swing there. I got, I got fall harvest tea. She made fall harvest soup. I'm drinking fall beers. I'm I'm all and what I wanted to ask though, because I know the TLB is 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 nothing if not a uh, a very pertinent decorator around the house. Ha, have you gone full fall at this point yet at the Lanza yes. Estate? Okay. Now, how early did that happen? Um, what's today? Today is the ninth. Today is the ninth. Yeah. Probably sometime around the end of August. So what are your thoughts on that? Because we had a little bit of a discussion of because because this you know she made too this, early yeah because okay so that, that's exactly I I agree because she made this this fall harvest soup today which is very good I I like it it's a good it's it's got like kale and sweet potatoes and carrots and it's a very good soup it's a very very hearty soup uh, for the fall but one year she made it like the third week of August and I was like you can't make fall harvest soup in August it's like ninety five degrees out I'm not eating soup. When it's 95 degrees, it's not fall yet. It's like August 24th. Like, no, it's not fall. And I was kind of curious if, if that is something. Is that a discussion it's, you've had? Did, did you say, Brittany, this can't go up already? This is way too early. No, I, I let her do her thing. But, um, you know, do I do I pick on her? Absolutely. Okay. It's too early. I mean, it's got to be after Labor Day. Right. So, so like, we're, we're talking like August 28th. We got, like, apple picking signs and, like. Yes. Harvest season, <laughs> like corn, like fake corn all over the place. Yeah. Back to school on the, on the, you know, little chalkboard gimmick she had. Yeah. All that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The corn, the cornucopias. Are you familiar with yeah, the cornucopias? Yeah. I'm very familiar with the cornucopia. Yeah. You, know, you like a nice cornucopia? Well, that, so, oh, wow. That seems, that seems real early for a cornucopia. Well, that's though, like, right? yeah, because that's like a Thanksgiving thing. <laughs> right. That <laughs> seems a little like, there's the, the good fall decoration is like you have like one piece of corn or something like that, or a, a, a plaque that says harvest season or something on it. You know what I mean? Or fall harvest or, or something like that. But a whole cornucopia, that seems. Do that voice again. No. Voice. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> never going to do that. In this home, we harvest love. Like something like oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Written in that font. You know right. the font. I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's cursive. Harvest is in cursive, a very light cursive yeah. font. <laughs> yeah. It's an off-white. It's not white. It's like an off-white. It's not no. quite beige. It's kind of just like a uh, an eggshell color. Maybe a cornucopia on there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So th- I feel like it's too early for the cornucopia, for sure. Many different kinds of gourds. Got of the gourds. Um, See, I think we're yeah. too early for gourd season, too. I listen. There's like this bridge. I think we're in this like weird bridge right now where you can have some corns, you can have some some you know leaves and stuff, but you can't be going. I don't think it's gourd season yet. I mean, stop yelling at me. I agree. Yeah, that's, I mean, this, this you know, yeah. Um, I grow gourds and they're not even they're not even here yet. I couldn't even get them if I wanted to. I mean, honestly, I can live without any of this shit <laughs> until October. I mean, you know, because. Even when October rolls around, you still got 31 days till Halloween, let alone Thanksgiving. And September in Texas, it's still like 110. That, so. And that was another question I was going to ask. It was like for us, like the last few days have been like, you know, 71 degrees. So there's a little, there's some chill in the air. You know what I mean? You got to 
I had to find my hoodie the other day. Where the hell's my hoodie been? I haven't found that thing in, you know, five months or whatever. So I had to find the hoodie. And, and like, I kind of get it. I kind of get it if you're like, ah, you know what? Let's get the corn out there. Let's get the leaves out there. It's You can feel it in the air. It's getting darker a little bit earlier. Football, you know, high school football's off and running or whatever. And, you know, it's a little chilly at night. And the windows can be open a little bit longer. But, like, yeah, you're still <laughs> dealing with, like, ungodly heat. Like, I, I don't know if I can get in gourd season when it's 110 degrees. That That seems like a bridge too far. It's so fucking hot. It's so hot. Yeah, it's still I don't go outside during the day hot. Yeah. No need for that. So yeah, that that just and then you walk in this house and you know, you know, you feel like a pilgrim. So it doesn't it you know, yeah, it doesn't no. But I look, I let her do her thing. She, you know. It's a good looking house. Hey, I I've seen the pictures. It's a, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice place to come home to. So I got four TVs. What am I supposed to say? You know, <laughs> right, I'm right, tell exactly. her she, she can't put up a we harvest love in especially this, this Sunday when you're you're gonna wear those three those four TVs out. So yeah, you better just I, let her do I whatever mean, she wants. I know. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of practice in with the baseball and the college football. So I got the remote situation all figured out because that was a nightmare. So you know, I'm all, I'm ready for Sunday. Absolutely. You know, that's the uh, that's the main event for the four TVs. So, um, you know, so the ball's in her court. I got the four TVs now, so she. She's got free reign to do whatever she wants. I really can't fucking, you know, I can't veto. How can I veto anything at this point? Oh, God, no, I no, com- no. It's also, it, she comment- lives with you, too. So, I mean, it's like, you know. But, well, you know, that's, uh, I resemble that remark. But she, <laughs> yeah, right, you know. I commandeered an entire room and, and you know, made it look like a Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. How can I tell her? <laughs> I love that. Sometimes when you're sharing this picture, and I, I don't know if you've shared, I, I don't know if you, you've shared a couple of the pictures publicly. Uh, yeah, but yeah. one of them is on the direct TV, like because they have that weird, like the direct TV sports. What's it called? The sports zone or whatever. Oh, the sports mix or sports the, mix, or whatever, which is like nobody should have that on at their house. You know, there's no real like. I, I mean, I love it. I think it's awesome, but it's like so weird to have on it at a house because it's just like you can't really tell what's going. It's great for like a sports bar or whatever. It's like great for something like that. It's just like a terrible thing to have on at a house. And I just absolutely love that you have it in like the, the third TV all the way to the right is the sports mix. <laughs> it was the it was it's actually the uh, MLB extra innings eight game mosaic is what that it was, was it. Yeah, where you can't you don't know what you're you can't see anything. No, I always have that on one of the t- one of the corner TVs because I can keep an eye. Three games aren't enough, Rich. So I can keep an eye on the other eight. Look, do if you even I have an opportunity to know what's going on in the, in those eight game mosaics? Yeah, they've got the score on them. But there's and just like guys running around. There's just like pitching changes happening. There's managers that's... walking. There's just too much going on. <laughs> Eight games. You gotta know what's going on when you got money on half of them. So you gotta have them all on. Well, and that's the, not. Uh, yeah, I, I guess in in that case, you're right. You're right because you know, most normal I'm, I'm, humans do not watch eight games at once. But I guess for for certain people, um, I'm live betting. So I gotta know what's happening. Certainly an appeal to watching all eight games at the same time. So yeah. So point here is. I took over a room in the house and turned it into a Buffalo Wild Wings. I can't say no to a pumpkin being a couple weeks early on the dining room table. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like it's you know, some battles you can't fight. So you just uh, you let her go crazy. So, uh, yeah, she went shopping. She went out to this past, you know, what was it? This past weekend, I guess, went to all those dopey stores, uh, Dollar General and uh, uh, all the craft stores, all those gimmicks, too. And came back with fucking bags full. You guys of have Hobby chips. Lobbies uh, around. Hobby here? Lobby, yeah, that's the yeah, one. That's, that's the one. one. She, I, I can tell she does yeah. some damage at Hobby Lobby for sure. Yeah, she watches the YouTube videos 
of uh, did, did you did you even know this exists? I don't there's like a to. whole there's a whole YouTube culture of Hobby Lobby, Dollar General, like all those genre of stores, like uh, deal hunting. Oh, you, okay. You know what? You know what? Actually, what's actually interesting is somebody the other day um, was talking that we had a barbecue at, at our house, and like you know, a bunch of my friends were talking, and, and somebody said that there's Aldi deal hunters. Ah, yeah. So, because you know how every old, yeah, and that, and this is when I I became aware of all these deal hunter things, because that's a whole industry now, which is an awesome industry that we need to get into, because it sounds like pretty damn easy, uh, to well, be honest. But you being a famous cheapskate, yeah, you would love sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, so no, no. What was so what the Aldi one is, and and our, you're I, how familiar are you with Aldi? I know you're a, you're a man of, of of great riches, so probably not. Of course, I know what Aldi's is. Would I step foot in one with the pores? <laughs> of course not. But I with me, with the rich and the pores. But uh, right. So no. do you do you get do you get the sales out of Aldi? Wait, they have sales at Aldi? Yeah, of course. No, well, no, no, no. I meant like the ad, like the paper that comes. Yeah, they kind of do. They kind of do. But oh, you mean the the, the like the, the the flyer? Yeah, the, the flyer, the, the ad, mail. whatever. Yeah, the sale paper, whatever you want to call it, whatever whatever yeah, regional just... dialect you want to use. So you 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 toss that thing right in the garbage, right? Any flyer I get in the mail goes directly <laughs> right into the trash. In the garbage, it yeah, doesn't so, even get looked at. So what, right the what Aldi does is they have these like seasonal, weekly to monthly like specials. So like during you know July, they'll have a bunch of pool things, and they're like pool noodles and goggles and stuff like that. And and now they probably have some fall thing or whatever. So there's a whole industry now of people. I, I again, I'm not like not entirely aware of what the end result of this is, but there's a whole industry of people that like become obsessed with these deals now. And on July 1st, when they're going to put up the sh- – when they're going to shelve and, and stock the the goggles or whatever, these deal hunter people go and buy all – like buy as many of them as they possibly can. Mm. And it's not to resell. They just like want those things for some reason. And I haven't quite figured – there's something in between that I'm not quite getting. I watched one of the videos and it didn't – it's like this one lady with like 17 dog hats. And I'm like, ah, eh, it's cool. You got the dog hats that they were selling. But like – I think it's just the uh, endorphin hit and adrenaline it's a rush. Thrill. Yeah, because it's like, you know, there, she's like driving there and she's like, she like did her makeup and stuff. She's like, I'm so excited. The dog hats are going to be on sale in, in two hours and I'm going to be there. Yeah. And she goes there and there's like 10 other people waiting outside. And like, she knows these people. They're like the Aldi deal hunter people. Yeah. And it's like, it's like Black Friday <laughs> you know, at like Best Buy. They open the doors. These people go, ah, ah and they're running. To buy these like six dollar dog hats, and I'm like I novelty don't... dog hats. I'm like I don't get it, but okay. Like she, she doesn't even own a dog. Right. She just has to have the novelty. Right. Dog and hat. like what happened was is so I saw the dog hat in in one of the sale papers, and I said, "Oh, this looks funny. We should get one for the dogs or whatever." So I just like stumble into an Aldi whenever I thought about it, whenever I needed to get groceries. Yeah. Gone. Couldn't find a dog hat anywhere. Mm. So like, here's Rich, casual shopper. Right. I was just like, ah, he, all right, the dog hats. Dog I should hat. go look for the dog hats. Like, they were dumb. They were stupid. But they were like $8. So whatever. You put them on the dog. You take a picture. You laugh at the dog. The dog's all sad. And then you take the dog hat away. It's perfect. But, yeah, couldn't get them. And then I looked around. And, and, and then I looked up. I'd like, somehow, so I, I mentioned it to the guy that told me about it. And he goes, oh, yeah, the dog. That was a big deal in the Aldi, like, shopper community. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't. There's something. There's everything. There's a niche. There's a niche for everything. There's probably a Patreon that makes double what we do, and they talk about Aldi deals every single week. I like that you were excited about this dog hat. I was pretty excited about these dog hats. Yeah, and and you you were going you were going to Aldi to buy. Let me see. I'm I'm, I'm gonna text you a picture of this dog hat to show you it. (laughs) You were going to get your awful lunch meat and your one dollar frozen pizzas. 
Yes. Okay. You were right about half of that. The frozen pizzas. Yes. I don't get. I don't get anything resembling real food at all. I just get so crap. All the lunch meat is just. No, I would never. Absolute turnoff. Like it's just, uh, just you know that it just looks like, and it's always like boiled ham. Like, <laughs> right. like they don't even jazz it up. They're just like, here's some Aldi boiled ham, and it looks like boiled ham. Let me tell you. And then there's the Aldi produce, which is always like you know bruised. Fruit flies everywhere, you know. So you stick to the frozen section, huh? You I do. Stick yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I stick frozen yeah. and and chips and you know I get like yeah. peanut butter and shit there. Just processed crap. It, it, it is off fine. brand chips. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Brands of chips that like you didn't even know existed because Clancy's. No, yeah. I know it exists, buddy. It's Clancy's. I know. I know. It's... Oh, uh, hey, he knows the Aldi brand chip. Look at that, <laughs> Clancy. <man>. Clancy's. <laughs> Mama is that a Cozy, Mama Cozy that pizzas? A... No, that's. I think that's that's Aldi Global. I think. Oh wait, wait, wait! Is that an Aldi specific yes, brand? Yes, yes, yeah. That is the Aldi house brand for uh, for uh, uh, oh. chips. Yeah. I don't like when they get tricky. These supermarkets and these stores where they have their house brands that have like a real name because they're trying to fool you. You know, because I'm not a house brand guy. I, I I don't. You know, and 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 I and when I'm fooled by the house brand, it bothers me. You know, so they they, they I liked when the stores were just the fucking store brand. You know, like, I don't know if you have shop right in the Midwest. That's a we big don't, we don't, but yeah, Jersey. that no, I liked when you walked into a shop, right. And the house brand was called shop, right. So you know what you're getting into, you know what I mean? But now they all jazz it up. You know, every supermarket's house brand has a name that's designed to fool you. Right. What's the, what's the Walmart house brand? Uh, what the fuck is that called? Uh, um, so Costco is like Kirkland or whatever, right? I think so. Yeah, and then, I, I, uh, I'll be honest. The last time I shopped at a Walmart was like two decades ago. So I, I couldn't. Yeah, we're we're that. we're a Target family. We're a Target family. Great value, isn't that the the Walmart one? Great value is the Walmart yeah. one, and, and Target has a house brand too, which I uh, I can't think of at the moment either. But um, I don't like that shit. Uh, getting fancy with the house. Well, they brands. have up and up, and then good and gather. And market, oh, market pantry is that the one you're thinking of? Market pantry, yeah. When you buy some like horrendous, like yeah. <laughs> tomato, traditional tomato sauce, and it's just yeah. that's the target one, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Kroger has private selection, is what they call it. Um, but yeah, no, I prefer just to have the store name and generic labeling too. I like the old school 80s generic label, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on the house brands as well, but uh. But yeah, it's tomfoolery, Rich. I don't like being tricked into house brands because you walk into a store you're not familiar with, you don't know the difference. I'd walk into Aldi's and buy the Clancy's. I don't want the Clancy's. I want Lay's. I want some Ruffles. Well, they're a yellow bag with a red logo, so you you, you could probably get tricked pretty easily. Yeah, see? Into the Clancy's, yeah. So I sent you a, if you have, do you have your phone nearby? I sent you a picture of the dog hat that oh, actually looks like my dog that I sent it. That, that is not a picture of my dog. With the dog Check hat, but, uh, dog yeah. hat here. Oh, that is awful. You, <laughs> you rushed, see why I wanted to buy it? <laughs> you rushed out to an Aldi's to get that? I didn't. No, I didn't rush out. I, Look I at just, this poor dog. I know that that would be my dog going. Torture. Why? <laughs> why is this on me? Yeah, that's the expression on his face too. What the fuck you doing to me? You know, it's just bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, Rich. This is pretty embarrassing. You got to post this somewhere, um, and embarrass yourself. This is this is humiliating. <laughs> Did you drive to all these specifically? No, for I said time? I went there just for another thing. I was just getting something, and it happened to be there. So, Did you get some Clancy's chips. I was, like, I was getting some Clancy's. 
getting yeah. some mama cozy pizzas and and uh, you know mama cozy pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah yeah you uh you're you're a man of the deal. There's no question about that. We know Captain Creature over there with that creaky wallet is. <laughs> you know. You make a solid wage. I don't understand it. <laughs> well, I got to pay for these extravagant vacations somehow. So, um, Oh, now the other dog has the hat on too? These are neither of my dogs. This is just another dog I sent you. Yeah, this isn't your dog. This, what is this dog? No, this is just an, an even more miserable dog than the first dog. Yeah. This pug just wants to die <laughs> so badly. Some kind of pug mix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some puggle or something like that, I believe it is. So. Brown. It's got short snout. Yeah. Might be a puggle, yeah. Fucking designer breeds. <laughs> Probably has a bad heart. Is that a Joe rant for another day? Designer breeds of dogs. <laughs> Probably has a bad heart. This for sure, he's gonna die when he's eight. Yeah, for a sure. heart attack when it's four because of, because of the, the weird crossbreeding and the uh, the designer breeds, which they they yeah that's that's a rant for another day. That's a return Basically. of uh, yeah I don't know what 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 there used to be a Joe's rants or what was the what was the the gimmick you had. We're in a lab creating dog breeds. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, mixing and matching, seeing what looks cool when you mix them together, sacrificing the ones that come out ugly. I know what they're doing. I don't trust it. <laughs> Go on. Are you done? I'm done. Okay, I, you that's know. it. Yeah, that, uh, we'll do, we'll do a long form audio on that one of these days. I'm sure, but uh, I do not disagree. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is pretty uh, pretty slimy, pretty grimy, but. Uh, Anyway, all right. So, just wanted to check in on the fall. What the fall season is looking like over at the Lanza household. Uh, do you guys? Do you, do you guys have? Uh, do you go apple picking out there in Texas? Is that a no. thing? You guys don't have apples in Texas. You grow Rich, anything? Do you grow? Any, well, would you? Would you go? Okay, I guess my first question no. is: What's Is there apple you? picking? A is there apple picking? I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I would not, you're not go. gonna go. Rich, I got four TVs in the den. You think I'm going? Even apple if the kids, picking? even if the kids ask you. Please, Joe, go apple picking with us. You're no, you're no. There's a there's a game on at all times. I'm not going <laughs> apple picking. Saturdays and Sundays are pretty loaded, so that's a. I can't even believe you'd have to ask me that question. <laughs> right at perfect timing. Here's TLB. TLB, answer a question. Am I a man that would go apple picking? Unfortunately, no. See? Unfortunately, there. Oh, l- listen to the despair wait, wait, in that voice. On, on. You would love for me. <laughs> you're you're fucked, dude. You're buried. Tulip fields. Oh, those are those are beautiful. She's right. Come closer. Come closer. Strawberry fields sharing the same thing. Yeah. The kids would like it too, but I'm dragging you to the. We're going to that pumpkin patch thing. Yeah, do it. Drag his ass. Drag his ass. We went on the hayride. We went to the hay. I, I went on the hayride. I went on the hayride. You did. We're going again. I behaved myself too. Take him apple picking. That yeah. was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Take him apple picking. God damn it. This is the type of stuff. Hallmark movies. That's what it reminds me of. That kind of that type of stuff. Yeah. It's very, you know. We work blue here. You could have said shit. You you stopped yourself from saying shit and you yeah, said I stuff. I, you know, I'm a lady. Maybe I should be a little bit more. You are a lady. But we do work blue here. The nurse stops herself from cursing all the time, too. Very proper. Does she? I don't think no, she does. She no, that I was, was going to say. Oh, I was going to say quite the contrary. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Joe Lanza, not yeah. an apple picker, is the bottom line here. 
Unfortunately, no, is what now, I heard. He asked me if I would go Apple picking, and I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. I got four TVs in the den now. Why would I go Apple picking? He goes fruit picking. Yeah, I go, yeah. I, I'll pick anything. Yeah, see? You can't pick apples in Texas. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I was mostly curious about. Okay. Yeah. In Texas, yeah, no, no apples though. They got those flowers too. The uh, what are those? What are those flowers on the side of the road? You're asking me? No, no. Oh. What are them? No, the ones that grow a certain time of. Oh, blue bonnets. The blue bonnets. They're yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. No apple picking. Mm. I wouldn't go anyway. Sounds awful. <laughs> it's not that bad. Do you like apples? Apples are fine, but you could just go to the store and buy them. Yeah, then you get to pick it, and while you're walking around, you get to, you know, grab an apple from a tree and eat it while you're picking other apples. It's it's fantastic. Ah, uh, well, maybe for you. The price, the price different. I mean, you can you can make a steal. That's all I'm telling you. Oh, come on. Apples are so cheap. <laughs> you haven't done apple picking to see how cheap apples are. We're going to do wrestling here or what? I don't know. Do you want to? Not really. Joe and Rich review um, the fall season. <laughs> that would be good. What about those jack-o'-lanterns? Those designs are terrible. <laughs> I guess we should do wrestling. We, I, I suppose we should do some wrestling. At some so. point. Um, All Elite Wrestling, Joe. Heard of them? I have. AEW is what they're uh, using as their shorthand for their company's name. Uh, they had their all-out pay-per-view uh, a, a, a few uh, days ago. We, again, reviewed that on the... Uh, Instant Reaction Live, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. So then they had an uh, an episode of their weekly television show, Dynamite. Uh, and Joe, it uh, was pretty damn good. 0.52 in the 18 to 49 demographic. 681,000 people watched it. Increased 26% uh, overall viewership. And the 18 to 49 demo was up 40.5% from last week's show. 40.5% in the 18 to 49 demo from last week's uh, go-home show. Uh, before All Out, and the, the news that a lot of people are talking about, we'll talk about a little bit here, you probably talked about extensively on the Thursday tier reviews, uh, also up at patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling, is that Dynamite narrowly edged Raw in the key 18-49 to 49 demo, averaging 678,000 viewers, 0.52 as we said, uh, in the demo. Uh, that was, that was, so that was Raw. Raw was 878,000 in the demo, 0.52. Dynamite, as I said, 681,000. 0.52 in the 18 to 49 demo. So uh, we had, we had long question. I think you maybe asked me this at the beginning of the year. When would the time come where Dynamite passed Raw in the 18 to 49 demo? And I was probably I don't know what I probably said end of the year. I said maybe not this year. They fucking did it. September 8th, 2021. They did it. Yeah, I don't remember what we said either. But why don't we just say that we got it right? I'm gonna. Yeah, you know what? Let's go with it. I, I think I predicted the second week of September, if you remember correctly. So um, the tape exists somewhere. But yeah, so I mean, I, I think one of the questions was 1 million viewers, and, and I was maybe a little bit more. I was like, yeah, Nelly can do 1 million. I did not think they would pass Raw in the demo. I still don't know about passing either Raw or SmackDown in overall viewership. That might be still a little too far well, away right Smackdown, now. SmackDown, for SmackDown is not going to happen. That's just. That's just apples to oranges, really, between network TV and 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 broadcast. So that's that's probably not going to happen. But as far as Raw, I mean, I guess we've cleared many hurdles now. We're we're consistently near a million, or at a million, or a little bit above a million. We're clearing Raw now in in eighteen to forty nine. I I mean, I guess yeah. I guess the next thing is, 
I don't know. I don't know what the next thing is. It's it's incredible, though. They are on a hell of a run right now, and it doesn't really show any signs of slowing down. But, yeah, what do you make of, of, of this uh, this slight edge of Raw uh, this week for, for Dynamite? Well, I mean, it's a perfect storm. You're coming off the pay-per-view. You've got Brian Danielson on the show for the first time. You've got Adam Cole on the show for the first time. They're not going to maintain these kind of numbers moving forward. Uh, maybe the Arthur Ashe show, if they really – uh, load that one up can do something in the same neighborhood but it, here's the thing w- what it tells you now is that um I, I think raw is going to this isn't going to be a consistent thing where it's beating raw this was a special week um raw is going to beat dynamite most weeks but dynamite has now reached a point where when they have a big show they can beat raw and that's less than two years into the run, which is incredible. I don't think even the most optimistic observers thought that in under two years, Dynamite would beat Raw for the first time in in, in the demo. Um, total viewers, there's still you know five hundred thousand off. Um, you know Monday Night Football's coming. I, I still don't think they're going to catch him in total view because. What do they have on the horizon? What episode of Dynamite can do significantly more than the 1.3 million they did this week? Right. Okay. It would have to take just just continual increases, like little by little increases, which that usually takes some time. It's it, like like you're saying, there's not something that overnight's going to happen, and all of a sudden, 500,000 people are going to start watching the show that weren't watching it before. I mean, little by little, can you raise that up? Maybe, but like I still think that we're we're looking at a long time. I mean, that's that's like. To me, substantial growth if that happens anytime soon. No, because it's let's say Arthur Ashe is a is a loaded lineup and they can do better than they did this week, which I don't think they can. And that one does one point four or even one point five million, which is an extremely optimistic. Um, Raw going up against the NFL. I mean, I suppose it could drop down to those levels. I, I just I I don't. I don't see a scenario where they're going to catch them in total viewers in the immediate future. Uh, the demo every now and then, sure, but I don't think – if people think that this is just going to be the norm now and they're going to be neck and neck, I don't think that's the case. No, I no, think I, Raw, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Raw's going to win most weeks, and when you have a special week, I think AEW – but look, um, they are super hot right now, and you know if they have really hot programs moving forward, I mean, who knows? Um, you know, Raw and SmackDown have held up pretty well after uh, SummerSlam, and even with that being the case, AEW was able to catch them this week, and um, you know, barely catch them. I mean, within the margin of error, catch them. It's not even like they they thrashed them. I mean, they barely caught them. Um, and SmackDown has held up especially well. I mean, not a lot of people are talking about that, but SmackDown has held up especially well post-SummerSlam. So here's the bottom line, though. It's like it doesn't mean anything. It really means nothing whether Raw or Dynamite wins on a week-in, week-out basis against one another other than perception. Um, both of these promotions are set to get monster deals in the next round. Uh, you know, 
Well, well, wrestling's killing it. Wrestling is is for for all the you know wrestling is less popular than it's ever been and that sort of stuff. Which you know maybe in the grand scheme of things it is less popular. Look at the ratings. I mean it is. I mean any everything but football. It's dominating. It's killing. Yeah, yeah, and you know you look at Dynamite last night. I mean it wasn't even close. I mean they just destroyed everything in the eighteen to forty nine. The utter destruction in the male. Oh, I was. I, I have that circled. I was going to talk about the males, eighteen to forty nine point seven five <laughs> for dynamite. If you look at that chart, if you go look at the chart, I mean, it is not even in the, in the same stratosphere as any other show on Wednesdays. It's unbelievable how many men, eighteen to forty nine, are watching dynamite up thirty four percent from where it was last week as well. But that that number. Is insane. Raw did a point six one, so still pretty good in males eighteen to forty nine. But dynamite point seven five uh, for males eighteen to forty nine is is just absolutely nuts. The next closest show was like a point two point was it point two eight I think. Yeah, let me let me get the exact chart up there so we can uh, um, make fun of some of these shows. That were on it here. was it was some Fox News show did a point two eight. I mean, it, it, that's just utter fucking destruction, and that's a prime demo. That's your money spending demo, males eighteen to forty nine. So, um, and that's who AEW always does well with, particularly the back end of that demo the, of the of the male eighteen to forty nine, the uh, the thirty five to forty nine is where they they're they're super strong. Um, you know, if they can get the women up and then they can draw some of these over fifties, now you're talking when it comes to total viewers. But WWE Raw has such an edge with those over fifties that that's where it's going to be tricky to catch them. In total viewers. I think the day is going to come. I just don't think it's coming imminently. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair way to assess it. I, I I think. I mean, it's a cool little number. It's a cool thing that happened. And you always have to start somewhere. You know what I mean? You always have to have that first time you beat you know them in, in, in either overall viewership or in key demos or whatever. So there's always going to be that moment, and they're always going to have that. But, yeah, like you Look, said. Look, it's notable. It's a big deal. For sure. I it's mean, huge. It, I mean, they're two years in, man. This is not... Less than two years in. Yeah, I mean, and- it's it's pretty nuts. Like, I, I don't think if, if – I honestly – there's no way. And I'm sure we probably sat down. I'm sure we talked about this even when they started. And I don't think either of us would have had any dreams of them getting this high this quick. I, you know, I, I just don't. I, I really, truly don't. Especially – I mean, fuck, go back to December 2019 where you and I are like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this show's going to – I don't know what this thing is. I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know if it's going to work. Like, that's where we were, you know, and it all kind of – January 2020, it kind of all changed, and obviously through the pandemic, it was like, fuck, I I mean, they're on a good path, but man, this pandemic, and they just blew through it, no problem, kept going, kept going, kept going, and now they're just riding this high, man, and it's, it's it, it, no, I mean, there's just no sign of it slowing down right now, I mean, who knows, who knows what's going to happen in a year's time, a two year's time, uh, three, five, whatever, but like, yeah, right now, it looks like they're just, they're riding this high, and, and, and it looks like they're just going to keep it going, so it, it's it's pretty awesome to watch. And um, even on, with Rampage, you know, it's funny. Rampage did a point three this past week. And there were a lot of just terrible, know-nothing, hack, total hack pundits. Oh, are you sure? Really? I can't believe just, it. Wow. I cannot believe it, Joe. Not even the usual suspects. Like, no, it was like, you know, yeah, that Forbes.com article. Uh, Alfred, I think, was the name. Yeah, like, oh. Canoe, Alfred Canoe, Rampage right? ratings plummet from CM Punk's debut. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. what do you think was going to happen? Right. Um, Pro Bowl ratings uh, less than Super Bowl. NFL in crisis mode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And it's like there were others as well. And a lot of these sites um, just don't know what they're talking about. I mean, 
you know, besides the fact that, that, that the punk number was everyone understands that was a complete anomaly because it was the biggest one of the biggest wrestling television events in a decade. Of course it was going to uh, and they could have done more if they put it on Wednesday at fucking eight o'clock, but they chose to put it on Friday at 10 o'clock to establish rampage and establish the, the, uh, the, the time slot and all of those things. And of course uh, the numbers were going to drop from there, but the awful analysis that, you know, that we're seeing in, in some of these outlets that the rampage numbers are plummeting. They did a point three this past week. And rich, you know, this because you were in on the conversation that we had, with you know the big seat in AEW and 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 at the time when Dynamite was running those Friday night Dynamites and doing like point one eight or point twos and point one eights or whatnot, and internally at Turner they were pleased with those Dynamites during the NBA playoffs that were airing on Fridays that were doing point twos. The, Turner was pleased with that, and. We had they, this they got that for a recap show. They got that for a recap show last week, you know? At 11 p.m. <laughs> but but my my point here is we 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 had that conversation and I and I and I did my own independent research to make sure, you know, that they weren't just feeding the spin and you know, I remember saying and I I went back and looked this up and I and I wrote an article behind the paywall as well uh when it came to projecting out the rampage ratings. I wrote it back in June. And uh, if you're a paying subscriber, you should go back and read that because it'd be very insightful to read now, now that Rampage has started. I remember saying after studying the numbers and and hearing out uh, Turner's expectations, my, and I looked this up in my article, I said, I think you guys can do 700,000 and .25s on a week-in, week-out basis. And you remember, it was kind of like, oh, that'd be great, but we're not sure we can do that. You know what I mean? It was like, and they they did a point three this past week, and people are acting like the world is caving in. That's an incredible number for Friday at ten o'clock. And uh, I, I, you know, and and we, I, I remember saying too, I was like, I think on loaded weeks, and this is before Rampage started, I think you guys can touch point three. And it wasn't like they said. That's absurd. We can't do that. But it definitely wasn't. Oh, kind yeah, of like a, uh, yeah, we'll see. Sort of, sort we, of reaction. Yeah, yeah like uh, maybe. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like, like embarrassed. You know, you know that that like yeah, I don't uh, maybe. You know, kind of like apprehensive to to agree with that number. But my thought, yeah, but my thought pattern on that was with that second hour of dynamite from eleven to twelve dragging down the averages. I figured with rampage only being an hour on a big week, they could touch point three. And on a common week, I and I still believe that my I'm sticking with my projection that the settle point is going to be roughly seven hundred thousand and point two five on sure. a week in week out basis for Rampage, and I think that's a massive success for that. I don't think I know that's a massive success. And, for and, that time. and I'll be honest, I could see that number definitely rising as we get closer to the fall and the winter months or whatever. When when I, I mean I don't know about other people, but I'm way less. I, I don't go out much in the fall and the winter, you know, especially on Fridays or whatever, because it's like. The weather kind of stinks. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Like I do a lot of TV watching on Friday nights. In the in the summer, I'm always going. So I'm doing somewhere. I'm going something. I'm walking around. I'm outside. I'm doing whatever. You know, come in the fall and the winter, I just fucking stay home on a Friday. Usually, I'm not doing anything, especially during a pandemic or whatever. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think it's unrealistic that we probably. I mean, like you said, the punk is an anomaly. But but yeah, moving forward, I could see that number continuing to to to, to impress people and 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 be shocking. 
uh, every single week, especially come fall and, and winter. I mean, they're doing all this in the midst of the summer, in like the middle of the summer, you, you know, which is is always a tough time for TV ratings, especially on a freaking Friday night. So yeah, it, it is certainly uh, uh, pretty amazing. I, listen, I think I think the rampage number is going to drop more. I mean, because now we're going into week five. Um, so, and, and then you're going to see more horrendous takes, but you know, and you know, I wouldn't start worrying about the rampage number and still there until, or unless they're in the high teens or the low twos on a week in week out basis. Now you're talking, ah, eh, these are okay numbers, but they're nothing special. But if they're like 0.25 or above, I mean, th- that's such a win for that time slot. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, you go back and look at old charts on Friday night and you can never, you can't find TBS or TNT shows on Friday night at 10 that ever even chart in the top 50. Now they have a show that's like competing for number one on Friday nights from the 10 PM slot. I mean, you go look at those Friday charts. The other shows that are in the top 10 are all on in prime time. This is on it after prime time at 10 PM. And it's competing for number one on a weekend week out basis. So they have to be thrilled with Rampage. Rampage is killing it. And we'll see where it settles. I already told you where I think it will. And, um, you know, Dynamite seems to set some kind of new record of some kind every week. I mean, it's just – so, yeah, they're on fire. It's very obvious that Punk and Daniel Bryan – and I don't think we should be leaving Adam Cole out of this. This is a guy who was a headliner for WWE's third brand uh, before the pandemic was – uh, you know, um, drawing big crowds to basketball arenas for takeovers and everything else. This guy's a major star. Uh, he's not a major star on the level of Punk and Brian Danielson, but he's a major star nonetheless. And he's a huge and and to their fan base, the perception is that he's a major star. Uh, so uh, that's important too. And you know, so you don't want to leave him out. And this is a huge injection of talent. They've got a million fresh matches on the table. Everything feels exciting. Everything feels hot. We talked last week about how I thought they needed a killer top-to-bottom pay-per-view because they haven't had one in a long time. And, you know, I mean, fuck, they obviously I would say one. they achieved that, yeah. <laughs> in spades, I think they got that. Of yeah. all time. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time, and now they're, uh, the television obviously has stayed hot coming off of that in the same ways that the WWE television stayed hot after SummerSlam. So... Uh, like you said before, all of wrestling is doing very well. You got game changers selling out no matter what city they go in. If you really want to go down card uh, to the independent level, uh, you know, PWG's back and they're selling out all their shows in 10 minutes again. And uh, someone made a good point. I forget who it was, but, you know, pre-pandemic PWG, people may not remember this. They weren't selling out their shows in 10 minutes anymore when the indies were struggling and they were bringing in, you know, trying to make new stars out of the Australians and some of the Lucha guys. Um, they weren't selling out all of their shows in the Globe Theater. Now they're selling out in five minutes again. So right down to the the high-level indies, wrestling is doing well. The ratings are, are killing it all over the place. And uh, Dynamite is to the point in under two years where they're able to beat Raw with a great week. So, I mean, you know, what more needs to be said? AEW is, is, is on fire and there's really – no end to this in sight. The Arthur Ashe is going to be a huge show. And um, yeah, I mean, they just, uh, it, it just, they have incredible positive momentum right now. And it's really an exciting time. Shit is real exciting right now. 
And if you are a wrestler in WWE, I don't know how you see what's going on in AEW and not want to be a part of it. Yeah, and and that's I mean, what I'm really waiting for more than anything is is when does WWE finally respond in 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 some of their own ways? Where you know, and by, by respond, I mean I don't mean bringing back you know Brock Lesnar or bringing back a John Cena, but like truly, and and then I guess is the question that that I can kind of parlay to you is like when do we really see them realize okay? We got to sit down. We got to change some stuff. We have to. Will they ever get to that point? I guess that 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 is, I guess, my bigger question. That I'm really curious if we ever get there. And I forget who tweeted this out, and I, I feel bad. I meant to save it. I meant to email it to myself. I meant to just like like it or pin it or do something so I remember who it was. But someone said we haven't gotten to the point yet, and maybe we will never get to the point where Vince McMahon starts hating Tony Khan because that's when things get good. That's when things get juicy in, in in prior Vince McMahon histories. A lot of times throughout the history of Vince McMahon, like he'll he'll yeah you know some competition yeah 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 whatever whatever whatever. But when he starts really disliking a guy and thinking oh you're trying to ruin the family business, you're trying to put me out of business, that is historically when things really got good in that company. And then things he would strip things down or break things down or change the TV or do this or fire this guy or hire this guy, do all that sort of stuff. And like I I guess my bigger question about that is is are we post that with Vince McMahon? Are we post that with WWE where they truly do not and maybe should not care what AEW does? Or do you think they're at a point now where, where sometime soon there needs to be a sit down where they go, okay, what do we do to stop this momentum? What do we do on our end to respond? Or do you think that they're just, they don't care anymore? I go back and forth on this. Because it's gonna—I mean, the fire's got to be getting hotter, man. Right? Like, I, I initially—I would have said a year ago, forget it. Who cares? We're so far ahead of those guys. Uh, you know, six months ago, ah, whatever. Yeah, good little momentum. What? Man, this week after the week that they just had, after the paper they just had, after the signings they just made, and, and all the comments that have come out, everything that's coming out, and 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 we'll talk about the Kevin Owens thing in a little bit. Like, there's got to be a, there's got to be. I don't, don't want to say fire, but there's got to be something going on there. It's got to be something that gets mentioned in a meeting, or brought up, or discussed, or said under its breath. Or said. I just can't believe that they're just going to continue to act like it doesn't exist, and just go full steam ahead with whatever they were going to do anyway. I, I go back and forth on it, and we've had conversations before. It's like Vince no sold them on the investor call, which okay, that might not mean a ton. Directly said they're not competition. Nick Khan constantly no sells them. And we all know his, at least his public stance, you know, the horse blinder uh, analogy is the one that he always makes. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us. I'm worried about what deal we can get. He comes across credible to me when he says that. I don't know how much I trust Vince when he says that because we all know Vince is Vince. Yeah, we know Vince. And we know that he thinks this is his business and he's dominated it for so long. He beat everybody. He won all the wars. Here come these guys. He's I could totally see him thinking that, okay, this guy's going to flame out. Um, he's, you know, but at the same time, he has to understand that these are billionaires, you know, many times over who can buy and sell Vince on a whim if they had to. So there's, that's kind of the difference between these people, the cons and some of the other competitors that he's beaten over the years. Although I guess you could say the same for Ted Turner, but there was all kinds of corporate, uh, stuff in between it wasn't ted turner's right personal. despite what the wwe narrative is it wasn't ted turner yeah. sitting down every single week and saying oh what can we do to destroy world wrestling federation like no it was yeah it was a corporate company yeah yeah it, many it, many layers it, many many levels many many things yeah 
Someone, someone, I've seen someone say this too. Like, uh, Vince went to Vince's head hit the pillow every night thinking about Ted Turner. And Ted Turner probably thought about Vince McMahon once or twice a year. Right. When he made that call and said, I'm in the wrestling business, hung up that yeah. phone and then didn't care. Went to his ranch and probably shot a bison or something like that. He didn't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. in the, the wrestling rest- business, Vince. And then, yeah. Gets on a horse and shoots a bison and never thinks about Vince McMahon ever again for the next 10 years. You know, like while those AOL, while he's in the merger discussions and about to get, you know, pushed out of his own company that he created, he's not probably thinking, oh, no. Fitz is going to have the last laugh. No. By the end, Turner wasn't even involved. Right. No, he wasn't. Yeah. He was was barely. So this is a, so I don't know. I don't, I I just don't buy it from Vince unless right now he is just still having this love affair with Nick Khan because Nick Khan has undoubtedly made Vince more money than Vince has ever made with the deals that he's cut. So maybe right now Vince is kind of, in Nick, I trust. And if Nick says we shouldn't be worrying about anybody else, then, you know, this guy's cutting billion dollar deals. Maybe I should listen to him, but Vince is going to be Vince at some point. And all of these little things getting beat head to head in New York, uh, raw losing to dynamite on nine, eight, 21, the, uh, you know, raw, uh, WWE losing out on free agents over and over and over. Whether it's uh, you know Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, these were both gigantic L's. Yeah, I, they, they these probably... are guys they were in the room with. It's not like when yes. you, when you sign whoever and or, or you know, Ruby Soho. I don't think he's losing sleep over Ruby Soho. He no, let her he go. Her. He doesn't and, care. He doesn't care. And, he doesn't want her. He wanted Daniel Bryan. He wanted Adam Cole. He maybe wanted CM Punk. I have no idea. He's going to well, want to keep Punk, Kevin Owens, and he's probably going to lose him too. It, like yes. yeah. With Punk, I'm sure they made a call or two, but deep down they knew he hated them and wasn't sure, coming right, back. Right, 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 right. But but Danielson and Cole, they made them offers and pitches and and brought them in the room and lost. They both went to the other guy. And all of these little things that really are are maybe minor embarrassments independently are adding up. And Vince is going to be Vince at some point. That's I what think. I, yeah, that, that's what I mean. And, and you can even go back into you know the TNA days. A lot of the like quote unquote big signings from TNA, with the exception maybe of Christian Cage, like most other ones were guys that Vince was done with. He released. He released a McFoley. He released a Booker T. You know what I mean? Like those guys were kind of done in the company. Whether they asked for their release or whatever, it wasn't like he was sitting in the room negotiating with those guys versus those. He did that with Brian Danielson. He did that with Adam Cole. He was in the room with his pitch, put everything down did everything that he, he wanted to do, gave the guys the plans, gave the guys or whatever, and they went to the other team. And that doesn't happen to Vince McMahon very often at all. You know, you can name on one hand guys that sat down, heard the pitch of Vince McMahon and whatever the top competitor was, and decided that they were going to go elsewhere. That just doesn't happen very often. And Danielson's whole family still works there. Yes. His father-in-law, his wife, <laughs> his sister-in-law, like everybody else. Yes. You know, so the, these are all um, embarrassing L's, which all add up to, you know, the, you know, the public perception is they're getting shit on every 10 minutes. And, you know, Nick Khan can my keep dad, saying it. My dad asked me about that. He said, uh, I told him, oh, uh, uh, Ryan Daniel or Daniel Bryan, because he, he watches Total Bellas with my mom or whatever, so, or Total Divas or whatever. And uh, I, I said, oh, Daniel Bryan signed there, too. And he goes, ah, Punk and Daniel Bryan? I went, yeah. And he goes, 
ah, Vince McMahon's got to be fucking pissed. And I said, yeah, I, I probably, I don't know. Like, he goes, good, fuck that guy. And I was like, all right, I don't know why dad hates Vince McMahon. But uh, yeah, he was just like, well, he must be shaking in his boots a little bit. And I'm like, I guess, yeah. But I mean, that's a perception of my dad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, yeah. That's got to be a lot of people. Man thinking, on the street. Yeah, that's, man yeah, that's got, yeah, not a uh, astute uh, wrestling uh, analyst thinking, oh man, it's kind of weird that all these guys are, are leaving and going elsewhere. And there's more coming. I mean, and if you believe in it, I, and I believe it a little bit too, with you know, you know, the Matt Men podcast and Andrew and those guys who who have very good. I mean, they've hit on pretty much every big time story they've talked about. They're the ones that always report. Oh, you know, NBC is kind of like, eh, what's going on here? Fox saying, hey, what's going on here? Like, I believe those guys because they've been right about a lot of things as well. But um, yeah, it's like I, you know, at what point does that get into a memo? At what time does that get into an email? And at what well, time does Vince have to kind of respond to it when a guy calls him and says, hey, what's going on with this thing? What's going on? Why, why is this guy on this TV? Well, I think Nick Khan and Vince McMahon, if they're being genuine in that they – in their you know, no selling of AEW, they'll have to begin to care as we inch closer to contract time and some of these network partners – play hardball with them and say, well, we have a viable alternative we can talk to if we can't agree on a number with you. I mean, at that point, you have to start caring whether you're, uh, you know, claims that you don't care are true or not. At that point, they yeah, you have to care because now it's affecting, you know, maybe they thought AW would just cruise along, you know, doing their 900,000 viewers and you know, uh, and, 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 and cutting their little $45 million a year television deals. And, but, but now we're seeing, and it's happening very quickly, um, that this is, uh, you know, real legitimate competition for the, um, you know, not in the revenue end, of course, cause it's not even fucking close. It's not even in the same universe, but in terms of the market share, you know, the, the, the television rating share and, and ticket sales and those things, they're cutting in now to a to a significant degree. You know, so you know, they're beating them head to head in certain cities, and you know, not all cities, but a lot of the key ones. I mean, WWE is getting their ass kicked in Chicago and New York. Those are pretty significant cities. They are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're still winning in other places, like uh, you know, I think they they won head to head, they won in Houston. Um you know, and there's some other cities as well where where they've gone head to head and 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 done better, at least uh, areas of the country or whatnot. But you know, so you've got Dynamite beating Raw this week. You've got them beating them head to head in ticket sales in major cities. You've got a pay per view that may have done double what any of their other pay per views have done to this point. You're winning free agent battles with gigantic stars. And can we please stop listening to people? who uh, keep citing this straw man casual fan and how AEW isn't doing anything to attract the casual fan. You know, if acquiring two of the biggest pro wrestling stars of the last 15 years isn't a move to attract the casual fan, then what the fuck is? It's just become – that is the proof. That is the proof that what we have been saying for years on this podcast – that this mythical argument about the casual fan, it's not that casual fans don't exist. It's that the casual fan argument is bullshit and it's just shit that people say 
because they're using it for Brian Danielson and CM Punk and saying that, oh, well, you're still not doing anything to attract the right. casual fans. Which, again, like, I want to meet. I, I would love to. If, if, if anybody knows this person, please have him come on to the show. Please have him call. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get him on the line. I want to know the person that says, ah, I casually enjoy professional. I casually enjoy sports entertainment, Joe. I am casual sports entertainment guy. I'm Joe yeah. Sports Entertainment. And he flips over onto Rampage on Friday night and yeah. sees a sold-out United Center screaming and jumping up and down and going nuts on CM Punk's Every Single Award and goes, nah, this isn't for me. I'm not watching or, this. Or <laughs> go a step further. I want to meet this alleged casual fan who doesn't know who CM Punk is. Right, right, right. It, it doesn't exist. Like you, you, it's a, st- and, and look at the ratings. The ratings are proving it wrong. And 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 it's like it's just shit people say. If you see an argument that cites the casual fan, it is to be instantly ignored. Well, it I, means I, nothing. The other thing is too. Okay, so we have this mythical Joe Sports Entertainment, like we said. Yeah. Wh- who does Joe Sports Entertainment like then? Right. If Brian Danielson, <laughs> like, Park, so Joe Sports Entertainment hasn't watched in twenty five years. Then. Right. Yeah. If they don't check the box, then what you're telling me is there's like three people who mean something to it. Then it's just unless you get The Rock and yeah, then John Cena, The Rock, do. Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Goldberg are, are Hulk yeah. Hogan. Yeah, and Hulk Hogan are the five human people that you can get that that Joe Sports Entertainment's gonna go. Aha! I know Stone Cold Steve Austin. So those are about the only people where people and people still might cite this casual fan argument, uh, even if you you know it's crazy like. Like, uh, these are direct moves. The moves that they made, all three of them, throw Colin, were were directly made to attract the casual fan. That's what these moves were. So that just exposes people. And the problem isn't the random Twitter eggs that argue with Dave Meltzer. The problem is there's people paid to write this shit. And it, it's a disgrace. Now, we all know wrestling media is dog shit. And I can count on one hand the people who are worth a shit, and we're two of them. But it's a joke that people are paid to write this garbage. And they don't know what they're talking about. No clue. You know, and, and it's it's it, and it's it, it it didn't used to anger me. Now it angers me. Because it, these people are dumber than I thought they were, and I thought they were pretty dumb. And I'm talking about 99% of the wrestling media. Right, because they're still being dumb about this shit. And they, they yeah. just signed a guy who made event at WrestleMania a few months ago. They just signed the the, the biggest one of the biggest WWE stars of the last decade. <laughs> you know what I mean? They signed the, the, the yeah, between those two, it's like, what, okay, then who is, who does attract the casual fan? Who does Joe Sports Entertainment want to watch then if it's not those guys? I mean, get out of here. And, and I'm not even, listen, and that's the thing. I'm not even saying they don't exist. I'm saying the way the argument is applied is bullshit. And, and, and they're making up casual fans that don't exist. Do you understand the discrepancy I'm making here? Like, I understand that, that it's nuanced. Obviously, there's casual wrestling fans. I, you know, that's not. I'm not. But when I say there's that these casual fans don't exist, it's in the way that these people argue. Right, because people have this idea that they turn on the TV and then if immediately there's not Hulk Hogan on the screen, they shrivel up into a raisin, turn the TV off, and never watch it ever again. Like you right. know, and it's like, who are you talking about? What? Who are these people that you're talking about? And 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 largely, you know what? Guess what? 
casual fans come and go when wrestling is hot as fuck. And when people talk about wrestling and wrestling is good, th- that's it. We've always said from the beginning, and we've caused it, we've had a lot of arguments with you about this. This has been our stance from, from the day the WWE Network started. And people were saying, well, how do they get casual fans to subscribe to the WWE Network? And we just said, be popular. <laughs> you know, do you remember that argument that we used to have with people? Yeah. We'd say yeah. WWE just needs to be popular. That's how they will get some casual fans to watch it because eventually if they hear from their friends that hey this thing's oh it's really cool or yeah i'm watching again or they see a clip on espn or they see that's when they start why it's it has nothing to do with exactly who's on there i mean a bunch of people that were probably hulk hogan and randy savage fans all started watching again in 1998 not because they recognized don't cold steve austin the rock but because wrestling was cool as fuck again and everybody was talking about it again and they went oh sweet all right i'm gonna watch again pick people you think can connect with a wide audience and present them as cool as you possibly can and hope that they catch on. That's really what star making is. Here's what you don't do. You don't take Bianca Belair and have her fall for a fake handshake and lose in eight seconds. That's not how you make someone cool. There's nothing cool about that. And you can sit here and tell me about the great story being told and everything else. That's not how you make someone come across as cool and like a star. A star would have kicked Becky in the belly and beat her in eight seconds not fall for the fake handshake and lose. And and that's basically what it comes down to. And it speaks to the point you're making. That's why WWE isn't cool because none of the characters on the show are cool. They're all a bunch of dorks. They're all unlikable. And, uh, you know, that that's part of the problem. And, well, it's just like at its core, and again, like it's, it seems like it's too, sorry to interrupt, but like it, it, at its core, it's just like, just be popular and be cool and be fun and be interesting. That's, that's how wrestling becomes popular. There's no, there's no magic. Oh, it needs to be this or it needs to be that. It needs to be whatever it is that gets people watching, gets people excited and gets people interested. You know, that's it. That's it. And, and there's no mythical way to do it. It just kind of sometimes happens, you know? Sometimes yeah. you just produce good TV or you hit on the right guys or you're on a roll or it's just something happens and it just works and then people start watching it. And no, there's not some secret sauce and it's, it's, there's not like one thing that people will all, there's not one thing that you can do that will make everybody start watching again. Because if it was that easy, we wouldn't be in a 20 year slog of, of trying to get back to where we were, you know, in 1998 or whatever. Well, there's a place right now that's starting to feel pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, like, this mythical fan that shrivels into a blob when they watch, you know, Brian Danielson throw a bunch of kicks and throw somebody on their head on, on all, uh, all Out and goes, ah, and then just turns it off and never watches it again. Like, who are these people? I, like, that's I mean, not Hulk more, Hogan. Who is that? Ah. And just turns there's it off. there's <laughs> like, more people. Why are the fans yelling? I don't understand anything. I must never watch again. Ah. <laughs> like, you know, like everyone's cheering and everyone's going nuts. Ah. I don't know the story. Ah. Like, who are these yeah, people? Yeah. Like, like, really, I, if you know one of these people, please have him come out of the show. I would love to talk uh, to man who turns into blob. <laughs> I would love to have a discussion. There's too many people at ringside. I'm so confused. <laughs> right. Ah, who are, who's the Jurassic Express guy? Ah, who's, why is the guy in a, uh, uh, why is the guy a dinosaur? Ah, I think I could never watch again. Like, again, you know. It, it, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's more people watched, more people in the demo watched Dynamite this week than total people watched NXT. I mean, I think about that. And, you know, and, and, and not too long ago, NXT was being relied on to beat them. <laughs> you know, and it's like, what's the difference? I mean, NXT, does anything on NXT feel cool or hot or exciting? No, and it uh, hasn't index, for a long time. Uh, index is getting married next week, Joe. 
So well, speak, that's for probably gonna, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. That's going to pop a big number, man. It's going to pop a good number by their standards. For sure. For sure. Someone's going into the cake. Uh, Dex, okay. Yeah. So we know what's going to happen, right? So someone's going into the cake. Someone's going to say, they're going to say, does anybody have a reason for this this couple to not be married? And someone, insert heel, is going to come out, right? And go, I've got some special footage you people need to see. You know. Who's who, who's uh, who's Sam Shaw? What least, the fuck's his name? Dexter Loomis. Who's he fucking that he's not supposed to be fucking? No, I don't. Mandy? You know, that's a usual wrestling wedding trope for sure. You think this is and just going to go off as a wedding and move on? No, absolutely not. Okay. I just don't know. I don't. I just don't know which usual wedding trope they're going to use. You know what I mean? Like one of them is going to work. Some yeah. of the things. Gar- well, Gargano's going occur. through a cake for sure. Somehow, Gargano's eating a cake. He's got to go face first into a cake. Yeah, he's yeah. going face first into a cake. It's WWE. They'll probably have a food fight. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. They'll probably throw cake at each other. It's hilarious stuff. Um, actually, the 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 bachelorette party stuff was genuinely funny. That was pretty good I stuff. Yeah, I, I, I did see some of that. Yeah, I don't know if that was Borash. I assume it was Borash that did it. It was actually funny stuff. Now, the bachelor party stuff was I didn't like. I thought that was corny. But the bachelorette party stuff where it's like all these women are there and they all think that Indy is a dork and they don't want to be there. Like that stuff was funny. Um, there were some good lines and some good bits. So that, that was actually pretty entertaining. The bachelor party though, that was where they're playing laser tag and throwing the axes. That <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah. that was to, not I'm trying to remember. <laughs> there was a segment with Stephanie McMahon at the bachelorette party. Do you remember this when she was marrying test? Vaguely. Yeah. Okay. So the bachelorette party. It was Stephanie, like three of her friends, Linda, <laughs> May Young, and Fabulous Moolah, oh. who were there. And I just remember laughing. Like, going back, I saw it, like, not that long ago. And just thinking, like, what the fuck? The lamest bachelorette party you've ever seen. They're just sitting at a table drinking, like, you know, daiquiris or something like that. And there's May Young and Moolah. Where were and all the Linda divas? McMahon there. <laughs> yeah, where were the divas? There are no divas. Uh, at that time, they were pretty low on divas at that time. I guess uh, uh, well, China uh, wasn't going to be there. China wasn't going to be there. No. no. Um, was uh, Barbara Bush available? <laughs> Barbara BB was not there, no. Was she dead already? Uh, no, no. Barbara Bush wasn't dead already. Was she, is Barbara Bush dead? Well, she's dead now. Yeah, she's dead. Really? Barbara Bush is dead. Yeah. Like the 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 first lady and oh okay is the diva no she isn't they're both yes she is she's dead I swear to God no Barbara Bush the diva Dingman is not dead I just looked it up she's dead no she isn't am I getting Mandela affected here I think you are she's hold on let me do my no I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at her her Twitter profile no at Kathy Dingman. Former WWE BB. Uh, she hasn't tweeted since December eighteenth, two thousand twenty. So maybe maybe she is dead. But oh no, she died like ten years ago. Hold on. <laughs> no, I think. What are you thinking of? Yeah, BB. She's dead. Hold on. No, she. Okay. Um. No. It does not appear to. She, she's appears alive. She's alive. Don't kill Kathy Dingman. <laughs> All right, I murdered Kathy Dingman. Yeah, don't. On f- the, air here for no reason. the former Mrs. Hardcore um, Holly. Come on. Man, who's the one that's dead? I thought she was dead. You're gonna have to be more specific. I don't know. No, I, I, I've been telling people for years that she's dead too. 
how many people Bad job do you have, how, how many people do you have Kathy Dingman discussions with? I've brought this up many times. How, how often does BB come up? <laughs> no, those I think all those eras uh, divas are, are okay, yeah. Tori, you had Ivory. I think they're all still alive, right? What about the one with the magic wand? Uh... Candace well, Michelle. Yeah, Candace Michelle is good. I think uh, Ashley Massaro is, is not. But that that's like a, a few, many, many years forward. For the Ashley yeah, Massaro Ashley Massaro died, died yeah. recently. Um, no, I, I thought Barbara Bush was dead. My bad. Sorry, Kathy Dingman. Yeah, leave Kathy Dingman alone. Let her appear to be alive. Let her spread her conspiracy theories on Twitter. <laughs> it's a pretty, uh, it's exactly what you'd imagine BB's Twitter looks like in 2020. So, uh, yeah. One. Born in NY, live in Florida, former Hooters girl, model, and WWE diva, WCW, and TNA. I don't remember her in TNA, but I'm sure. Oh, right. Sometimes you get them wrong. What can you do? Kill Kathy Dingman. Um, Well, they they all ended up in TNA at some point. Everybody, I mean, can can we we talk about something that still bothers? And it bothered me when I was 11, and it bothers me today. Sure. Why was her name not DD? Double D. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Why was it Barbara Bush? Right. What was the joke there? I don't know. I mean, she had massive boobs. I thought DDD would be the better joke. Right. She had big hoots? She had, oh, massive hoots, yeah. Not my era. You know that. No, no, no. Yeah, she turned uh, she turned a young rich into a, into a man, I would say, for sure. Oh. So, yeah. Ooh. The Barbara Bush worked for me at that when I was 11. I'll tell you that. She moved your needle. Oh, she did move my needle, yeah. Kathy Dean. He likes the so. Barbara Bush. Maybe I'll slide All the right. DMs. What, what's the worst that could happen, right? Divorce? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Divorce? You get yeah, a, I don't you know if hall. I want that as my, like, you know. You get a hall pass for Barbara Bush? Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, do I want to cash in a hall pass for Kathy Dingman? I don't I don't know if I do. So. Oh, well, I mean, listen, she's not going to fuck you anyway. But it, uh, well, maybe she'll fuck you. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah. Miss 100% of the shots you don't take, so uh, we can try that. But uh, anyway, yes. I don't know why she wasn't DD, but anyway, what the hell were we talking about? I don't know. How the hell did um, we get to Barbara Bush? Oh, weddings. Wrestling weddings. Oh, Gerard brings up a good one. Were you thinking of Beaver Cleavage's mother? Oh, she's dead? She is dead. She had uh, she had breast cancer, yeah. Like not That's that long the one. After. What's yeah. her name? Boy. That's the era. <laughs> Boy. Uh, what was Beaver Cleavage's mother's name? Um... Mariana Comlos, but I forget what her name was in was it just Mrs. Cleavage. Was it just Mrs. Cleavage? I don't know if she had a I think that's probably my confusion. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, it was just Mrs. Cleavage, I guess was was her name. So rest in peace to the uh abused. Yeah. Imagine that gimmick today. Holy shit. Oh boy, yeah. For people that weren't around for the Beaver Cleavage gimmick, it was uh initially Beaver. a pedophile angle, initially yes. a I'm fucking my mom angle. And then yep. turned into a oh it's all a joke instead I'm just beating my girlfriend angle so yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took all a lot of were... different directions in about a month and a half so the wokes aren't gonna like that <laughs> one Rich. not gonna like that one at all yes no. it started with this guy's definitely fucking his mom isn't he wait never mind and then he came out and cut a shoot promo Joe do you remember he goes yes. I'm not I'm not Beaver Cleavage. I'm Chaz. <laughs> I'm Chaz Warrington. I'm a guy from New Jersey. That was his gimmick for a while, was a guy from New Jersey. Uh, and then one uh, Mrs. Cleavage then showed up with a uh, a bruise on her eye. Yes. And everybody. Then Sobbing and in tears. Yeah. The implication was he was slapping her around. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Attitude era. Really awesome stuff there. Really yeah. just incredible. 
problem is it's PG thirteen. Right. I wish I wish they would bring the attitude era back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We need less guys fucking. We need more guys fucking their mothers and then beating their girlfriends. That'd be great. Yes. It, it's because you were seven. Yeah. And it all went over yes. your head. I loved it because I was eleven and I was an idiot. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> I was like boobs, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. I think I'm good. This is all I really need in my life. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. South Park signs in the crowd. And, you know. <laughs> right, right, exactly. South Park wrestlers, yeah. The road dog talking about his dick all the time. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody talking about their dicks. Yeah. Dick jokes and guys pointing at their dicks. And Boobs. Cartman cutouts in the yeah. crowd. <laughs> right. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, and, and John Carroll brought up a very good point that uh, the storyline ending, do you remember this? No. She was faking it. That bitch, oh, and then so, he was like, uh, that bitch, and he called her Even up. better. Yeah, so then he, like, he like beat her up. I mean, he beat her up for real, I think, or, like, kicked her to the curb, and then reformed the headbangers, so. Uh, <laughs> right. Brought Glenn Ruth back right. and reformed the headbangers. <laughs> yes. Fucking terrible. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh, the Attitude Era. So bad. I don't know if that makes it better or worse that it turned out she was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> Because the implication wasn't like, oh, thank God, like, oh, wow. It was like, that bitch, that lying whore, you know what I mean? It was like, because it was yeah. Vince Russo. So, like, right. everybody had, it's like, ah, oh, throw that whore down, what a bitch, you know, type thing. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. It was like a, a very crude dollar store version of I'd like to talk to Tom. Yes, well. yeah, exactly, yeah. I'd like to talk to Tom with, with none of the subtlety and none of the actual, um yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, just just just, awful, just for just... just for total shock value every step. Yeah, this all happened within the course of like four weeks, by the way. From yeah, like it wasn't heels trying to outsmart a babyface. Like I like to talk to Tom, which is really what that was at its core, right? Even though you couldn't do that one today either. Th- this one was just what shocking turn can we do next? <laughs> right, right. To make this progressively worse, like that's all that this was. First he's fucking her, then and it's his, first he's fucking his mom, then he's beating the woman who isn't really his mom, but it's his girlfriend. But then he wasn't really beating her; she was lying, and and she's a bitch, and now she needs to get beat up for a lot. Just awful from start <laughs> to finish. Shit. Yeah, just... just just nothing redeeming or clever but, or but smart. Joe, the casual fans loved it, so uh, they, that's what you got. So I guess do, we got to bring like... back fucking your mom. Or, or yeah, that's that's what we got to bring back. In the, in the... You got to have some Spaldings and bring back the casual. Fa- that's the Russo stuff. Right. That's that's peak Russo right there. You know, that's his. That those are the kind of things he do to bring in the the mythical casual fan. Um, you know, yeah, terrible. How do we get on that? Oh, because she's dead. That's yes, how we got yes, on that. Yes, we're trying to find so, a, a a a diva of that era that was dead, and that's that's, that's the one. That's I confused her out. with Barbara Bush. Maybe I thought she was Barbara Bush. That's possible too, right? I mean, uh, maybe. No, I don't. They look nothing alike, right? They did no, not really. No. Did this lady have hoots? Big hoots? Ah, uh, she has pretty good hoots. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't she die of breast cancer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. All right, let's reel that in. Um, I'm tugging my collar now. You know, okay. You know what? I will give you. I will give you credit. They did look very similar. They look alike, right? Yeah, because she had like blonde hair and bangs and giant boobs, which is kind of it was a very '90s like blonde woman with giant boobs look is is yeah. what she had. So I, with I, the okay. bangs, just like what's her name, um, Stone Cold's ex-wife who was Deborah. with uh, Jarrett Deborah. and Hart, Deborah look. 
big hoots, bangs, blonde. It was a very popular look in those days. It was, yeah. It really it really was, yeah. What was that? Because of Pam Anderson, maybe? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, – I don't know the – yeah, it must have been Pam, right? Because everyone's yeah. got, like, a look based off of, like, whoever was the, the, the sex symbol of the time, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was based off Cindy Margolis is probably who it was based off of, so. Yeah. Cindy Margolis, yeah. Oh, oh remember the angle where Jeff Jarrett beat the hell out of her? That was great, yeah. You know who else had that look? Rhonda Shear. <laughs> Rhonda Shear up all night, baby. Let's go. Yep. Yeah. She had that look, too. Very popular look, the blonde bangs. Yeah. I was never a fan of bangs. Yeah, I got no time for it either. Uh, men or women. Like, remember the Bama bangs? Oh, I remember the Bama bangs, yeah. What an awful haircut. <laughs> Me and the I just wanted to take scissors the... to everyone with Bama bangs. So I guess this is a question for you, Joe, a man who lives near a college campus. Um, yeah. Are, like, douchebag college kids still a thing, like, in the same way that I'm thinking of them as being a thing? Um, Because I'm I mean, thinking, if... like, Bama bangs... Popped collar, puka shell kid. Well, I mean, no style has moved on from that. Sure, but right, right, right. There's just different kinds of douchebags because every every dude from 18 to 22 is a douchebag. Right, right, right. So, yeah, what? what do, I don't know what the. I, I need to. I need to tour a college campus one of these days to get a, a feel for the the current. Well, you, you got to tour like a an all American Midwestern or Northeastern campus. I'm in Texas, dude. So. I've got all kinds down here. Like, okay, so I'll Uber sometimes. Well, not during the pandemic, but before the pandemic, I'd Uber sometimes on the weekends. And, uh, you know, you pick up one group of college kids and they're wearing their starched Wranglers and they got a knife on their belt and they're wearing a cowboy hat. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm picking up another group and it's, you know, they're they're completely the opposite. So it's a different world now. It's like the sweatpants. They're like the designer sweatpants kids, right? Designer no. sweatpants kids. Uh, that's See, not know. really anything. Old. That's not a thing here. Yeah, um, but I got a lot of. There's a lot of Southern and Texas influence here. That yeah, uh, you know that 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 like at Ohio State, you're not going to get that. In right, right. Are you talking about like you know? we got like 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 salmon colored khakis and like yeah, salmon colored like shorts that. type stuff? Like I'm getting guys like I described with their jeans and their boots and their fucking. You know, knife on their belt, literally with a knife on their belt. <laughs> and I'm getting a lot of Brock Anderson kind of guys. You know what I mean? Like the 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 fucking boat <laughs> shoes and the yeah yeah and, yeah yeah okay and the, the golf shirt and the khaki shorts. <laughs> yeah okay okay. You know, but you're, you're so those 19, guys those guys still exist then, which is good. I, I wanted to you know, they do absolutely okay because yeah. those are the those are the like the fratty douchebag dudes I'm talking about. It's like Brock Anderson look. That look is predominant here. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm just glad to know but, it's still around. But I don't think that's like a thing at like um, I don't know St. John's in New York City or fucking I don't think they're doing that at like you know uh, fucking Missouri or maybe in Missouri, but uh, Wisconsin, Madison, yeah, they're not doing Penn State or something, uh, I don't you know. know. I, I um, yeah, but uh, yeah, if you're asking me what the current douchebag of the day like looks like, um. I don't know. I don't. I don't go near campus much anymore. And obviously, I, I refuse to. I don't Uber anymore during the pandemic because the Ubering for me was just to get out of the house when I'm bored and make a little extra money. It wasn't. I wasn't living off it or nothing. So because I don't need to do it, I'm not going to do it when like 
you know, three out of every 10 people that get in my car are going to have COVID. <laughs> right. Yeah. Increase your chances so, of spreading COVID to your family. Uh, so doesn't no. seem like a very, uh, a, a very fun thing. Okay. It's funny. The other night there, I got the other night I get I, Uber keeps sending these emails because they're desperate because no one wants to drive during COVID. And they keep sending these emails Do th- complete three trips for a hundred dollar bonus. Right. So I'm like, all right, uh, I've been fully vaxxed for a while. Uh, you know, I'm going to go get this $100. So I go out the other night, and uh, I've got my fucking mask on. And I'm like, I'm just going to do my three trips. I'm going to I'm gonna make my 100 bucks. How else? Where else am I going to make like $130 an hour? You know, I have to take advantage of this. First guy that gets in my car, plops right in my front seat, no mask. Oh, get First guy here. that gets in the car, right in the front seat. <laughs> No mask, despite the fact that, you know, you're supposed to wear the mask. You're also supposed and, to go to the uh, back seat, right? I mean, you can get in the front if you want. But no, get people, the back seat, you weirdo. I get a front seater now and then. I get a front seater now Fucking and then. Weirdos. I would never do it. No, I would never so do it. so weird. And he's sweaty. And <laughs> he wasn't a svelte man. Okay, let's put it that way, too. This man was well over the 300-pound mark. He's not wearing a mask. He's sweating all over the car. Rich, I'm freaking the fuck out. Who's been more careful during COVID than this guy? No one. Okay, I don't even fucking leave my front stoop. Okay, this guy's the first guy to get in my car. So I take him on his round trip to the gas station to get cigarettes and beer. Oh, okay? good. That's, what good. Yeah, that's exactly what okay? he needs. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. He gets, I, I take him home and we get into his driveway. And he goes, all right, well, thanks for the ride. And he puts the hand up for the low five. Uh, and now he wants me to – he wants to slap his sweaty hand. <laughs> That's also weird. I would never do that. And Is that a Texas uh, thing? Like, why would you ever do that? He was just overly friendly. The transaction's but, you know, over, man. You know what I mean? That's, that's get out of my fucking car. That's where you give he, a thumbs up. You do like the, 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 you know, the army, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the little, you know, hands to the forehead. All right, see you later, pal. Like, you know. No, he had any, he, and he was, and it was hanging up the there. Low five. I, <laughs> get out of like, here. He get had his car. arm way up in the get air. Get out of here. Want, Go away. <laughs> he wanted me to put the hand low because his hand was up high. So I put my hand out and it was like slow motion. His hand came down and it slapped mine and the sweat <laughs> went flying everywhere. And I pulled around the corner and I got the, my fucking, I got my, uh, what's the hand gimmick? I got my fucking uh, sanitizer out and I was like lathering in it. I was all over up my fucking forearms on my neck. I was like, I stepped out of the car. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta let the car, I rolled the windows down. I gotta, I gotta let the car air out. I'm terrified that this man has just put code and and I know that like the science doesn't even match up, but it's right, like, right, right. But still, I mean, I'm even terrified. if not COVID, like whatever this guy's, this guy's got something and he's giving it to me for sure. Like <laughs> he was so sweaty, I he was so sweaty. So then, uh, my second, I'm like, I gotta complete these three uh, trips. That's no. the first one. That's the first oh, trip. No, the second trip is fine. Masked up, got in the back, didn't say a word to me. The best kind exactly of how you're supposed to do it. Get in the yes. back, scroll on your phone, you arrive, and you go, okay, thank you, and you leave. No small talk whatsoever. <laughs> right. The man just wanted to go home from work, right? Stare the at your only... phone and don't make small talk. Perfect. Yes. The only word said in that car is when I confirmed where he was going. That's it. The only word said. Third trip, it's to a supermarket, so I know what I'm in for. 
family grocery shopping because I've been down this road before. I'm like, I'm just praying that the 19 people that pile into my car are masked up. Rich, they were not masked up. I had four people packed <laughs> into the car <laughs> with their groceries in the back and none of them had a And they were all chit-chatting back and forth. Uh, with all I can picture in my head is their spittle. Yeah, you're just looking everywhere. at it. It's like a movie or like it's, a, a, like, yeah, like a, a, a health video where you're just seeing spittle fly in the air and it's like you know it's showing it turning green you know what i mean it's like oh this is how this disease is passed along like, <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a narrator <laughs> being like you know it's somebody talking and then it slow-mos to their spit which then turns green and it's going this is how the, the like i'm all i'm thinking about is no social di- small confined space we're packed into a fucking hyundai tucson <laughs> and there's one in the front seat there's three in the back they're cross-talking. The one in the front has their head turned Ugh. around. The three... All I can think is this car is loaded with the spittle of these four people. And um, I am going to make my $130. And then I am going to die of COVID for $130. It's all I could think about until I got them out of my car. I sped the entire way. Uh, police be damned. I'm doing like 65 down their side road where they lived. Just get out of my fucking car and uh, take your stupid groceries and your spittle. And, uh, and, and, and yes, I reported every one of them for not wearing their mask in the Uber driver. Oh, app. there you go. Look at this so, old snitch um, lands over there. I like it. Good for them. Good for you. I mean, you know, come on. The rules clearly state. <laughs> I, I figured, I figured app. that was a pretty yeah. obvious rule. I think on the app, it like screams at you a thousand times about it. So it's, it's pretty impossible to not know that that's what you're supposed to do. So, yeah. So for those of you Ubering in the pandemic and trying to get slick without the mask, know that on the driver's side, we are to report whether you had a mask on or not. And that may impede your ability uh, to get more rides. No, that's probably Am I a cop caller for that. Is that yeah, how that yeah, works? Uh, yes, but I don't care. You are, but who I'm cares? on the right side of that one. You though, are right? on the like, right I, side of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Aren't they putting people's, you know, health in danger by not wearing the fucking sure. the gimmick? Yeah, of course they are. Right? I'm saving the next guy because I'm doomed. Like, I'm fucked You're already. dead. You're like, dead. Yeah, you're dead by next week for sure. The sweaty low five, the fucking Luckily, you got that recent health family. checkup, and you, and, and you might be able to survive this, but... Um... Well, you know, I knew that there's always a yin and a yang to life, and then now, you know, I it, it it's it's gonna catch up to me. You know, I had to go out there and chase that hundred bucks. Do I need that hundred bucks? That no, I don't. Why did I do this? Why, Rich? Why did I go out <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday, quiet Sunday? I could have watched a movie with my wife. No, I was go. I was chasing this hundred dollar payoff to complete the three. Yeah, now I know why they're they're Ubers. Yeah, that's why they want. That's why they're paying you one hundred thirty dollars. Yeah, and that's why everybody had to wait outside of all out for fucking four hours to to get picked up by their friends because there was just no Ubers or no lifts anywhere near that arena. That that I don't know if you followed that saga going on that that night. I think our our very own Sue Williams unfortunately got caught in that, and he, he ended up getting a ride uh, from somebody. But uh, there just wasn't any. They just couldn't get out of that arena. If you didn't dri- well, if you didn't drive there, you were fucked. You just had no way. Hopefully, someone out of there. from our site, because like a thousand of you live in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Oh, somebody got him. Somebody got him for sure. Was able to help him out there. You know, I an asshole was already doing this podcast when he, because uh, I think uh, it's it's suit and he's a nice guy. So yeah. I think at like one a.m. he was like, "Hi, is anybody up? Like I'm still here." And we're like, "Oh no, oh my God. Jesus yeah. Christ, somebody go get suit!" Like, 
He's just because he's so nice. He's probably just like, I'll wait, I'll wait. No big deal. You know, hey, it's a nice day. It's a nice night. And then like, yeah, by one p one a.m., he's like, okay, I should probably ask if somebody can come pick me up at this point. So yeah, sleep on the curb. Yeah, he's probably like, I'll sleep won't. here. It's okay. It's fine. It's a nice night. There's grass. I'm fine. It's okay. It's like, no, so, suit. Like, come on, somebody will come get you. So yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was a disaster. So that's why because they don't want the hundred fifty dollars to have a bunch of weirdo wrestling fans. We had a we had a, a a guy when we were, we were getting out of all out, uh, and he was like, "Hey, I'll pay you if you take me to our hotel room." And my friend just went, "Fuck no!" Get it out of the way. It was like this one. He was like an aggressively fat guy, like you're talking about. Like probably was very similar to the man you were talking about. We we're like, "No, get yeah. out of here!" Like, no, you're not coming into our car. I got a podcast to do. I, that's why I told him. I said, "I said no, I have a podcast to do." And, and my friend said, "Fuck off!" and drove away. So. I tried wow. to be nice. I tried to let that's, him off nicely. Yeah, well, Rich, was my that's really that's very aggressive. To be fair, it was my friend's car, and he doesn't like any human beings. So, um, I like your friend. They asked the wrong person. They asked literally the worst person on earth if they can go into their car. He's like a germaphobe. Uh, doesn't like other people. Not a good call for that. So. Pandemic, pandemic happening yeah. right now. It was not into a random dude entering his car. And also the other thing too is like, hey, can you take me to our ho- hotel? And he said, I'll pay you. Didn't say where the hotel was though. Because that could change everything. That's true. Like, where's your fucking hotel? I mean, if I'm driving into the Loop, like, no, that's going to be like 500 bucks, man. That's a big-ass drive. Like The Loop. That's some yeah. Chicago talk. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, sorry. I didn't. Yeah. The Loop. The Loop, yeah. Which is not where Hoffman Estates was, despite uh, everybody getting into Brian Alvarez's mentions all weekends talking about food. Yeah. Yeah. Just the worst. Just the worst. Yeah, the guy was like an hour from anything. Yeah, yeah. They're like, just go get food from Chicago. And he's like, I'm in Hoffman Estates. Yeah. Go drive to here. It's like, oh, that would take like 70 minutes to drive to the city from where I'm at. So, no. At 3 a.m., I'm not driving into the city to get food. Yeah. Who the fuck hasn't eaten Domino's in the middle of the night? Like, why was that so abnormal? I don't understand I no why idea. he got yeah. I, I he like that. He, in, he, he turned, turned into a bit. He had it all weekend. Yeah, yeah he had all weekend. He was eating the uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you know, that's great yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was very clever. Capped it off by getting a Chicago hot dog, but then just putting ketchup on it, which was also just an incredible uh, troll. So, but that's not what you do. No, 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 no. I wouldn't put ketchup on a hot dog. Period. Because no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not six. Yeah, I'm not six one. years old. Like, if if I must put if if like. Because I, I don't mind, like, the Chicago hot dog that has everything on it. But, like, normally I'm just, like, mustard. I just put, like, a good mustard on my hot dog, and that's enough for me. Yeah, yeah you can't, you know. Because ketchup kind of stinks, so. Once you go through puberty, you can't put ketchup on a hot dog. No. It, it's, you really can't put ketchup on anything unless you're dipping fries. Uh, yeah, that, I've really gotten burger. to that point. I used to, be, I used to be a big ketchup guy, and I'm, like, I'm not eating I don't eat it at all. Like, I'll, I'll sometimes dip it in fries, but even that I've slowed down a lot as well. You just Burger. realize you're like I'm just eating salt. <laughs> what am I doing? Like it's not even adding anything. Just a child's condiment. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah, just, for sure. it's, yeah. It's not something an adult should uh, should be using. They sell by me. I don't know if they sell by you. It would trigger you. They have this uh, ketchup mayo mix. I think Kraft has it now. Well, you lost me at mayo. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think you're into that whatsoever. So no. Um, when mayo gets used in this house, I require a warning, and I have to go upstairs and go away. Interesting. Because if, if I even get a slight whiff of mayo, I want to vomit. That's the tuna. That's tuna for me. Yeah, I have to be no. Yeah. I have to be notified when tuna's coming out. So, and, and it's like you know, I'm not a food snob. There's only it's just mayo and and oddly enough, whole tomatoes. Like a slice of tomato, I can't do it. Um, those are the only two things. Like I'll eat pretty much anything else, but the mayo. 
I can't look at it. Like the sound, there's a sound to it too. You know what I mean? When uh, you like scoop it, you're like dipping the knife into there. My gag reflex is going right. <laughs> I, now. I'm so sorry. And it makes it. There's like an air pocket noise that comes out. And it's just like, yeah, it's 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 gross. Yeah. Yeah. It just seeing like they have the squeeze mayo now. That's even worse than the knife mayo. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, it comes out of that. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's what this ketchup mayo thing is. Someone's telling us it's a Heinz brand uh, ketchup mayo. Uh, mix yeah. that uh, has been on the end cap near me a lot, so it might not be going very well. But they yeah, love the mix mayo, mayo chup. It's called mayo chup. <laughs> so it's like the Kraft fucking sauce mayo on chup. a Big Mac, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. that is. Oh, Big Mac's like Thousand Island, isn't it? It's a little more like Thousand Islandy. Uh, I don't know. One of them restaurants uses just the ketchup mayo mix. Maybe I'm just thinking of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, remember the Dijonais? The Dijonese with the Dijon mustard and the mayonnaise. That was a all the rage for a while there in the 90s. No, nothing. Uh, Not really. They like to mix mayonnaise with everything. They mix it with, you know, it's fucking repulsive. I just, I can't take it. Um, yeah. That's uh, AEW. So, yeah, that's that's AEW. That's the fallout from AEW's All Out as well as their new uh, roster edition. So that's, that's what's going on there. All right, Joe, let's... Uh, we got a lot of other stuff to get to, and we are going to get to it here uh, in a moment. But let's let you guys know about the sponsor for this week's show. And this is a big one this week. You're going to want to listen to this ad read, we promise, because we are going to make you money. Because this week is sponsored by my bookie. And with over $500,000 in contest prize money up for grabs, the NFL is back in action. And so is... Winning season at MyBookie, Joe, you know about it. Head to MyBookie.ag to choose from a variety of boosts and free bets and get in on the fan-favorite $100,000 Super Contest, which only costs $10 to enter. You pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. Again, the $100,000 Super Contest. In order to get started, you make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code VOICES. Again, MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code VOICES to instantly receive double your deposit. Again, that's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code VOICES. And this week, Joe, as of this recording, they these idiots at MyBookie.ag promo code voices gave you gave me gave you gave everybody who's on my bookie and smart enough $22 what was it $20 and 75 cents right just gave it to us. 2271 just said here take $22 we don't even want it they had a bet today one of these the free bets that we talked about in that ad read there between Tampa and Dallas and said if the if any team scores you win so as long as it wasn't the first ever 0-0 game since like 1949 or whatever in the NFL you were going to win i think you won in in minutes right it was two minutes or something that, that, yeah, that it's was 20 right. it's it's 21 16 yeah. at the half so we won you won pretty easily i'm 22 dollars richer you're 22 dollars richer anybody that was on my book he was 22 dollars richer they're going to keep those up as we said a variety of boosts and free bets all this weekend all next week all week one of nfl season i mean that they're giving you free not in, in addition to the free de- the double the deposit so whatever deposit you put in they're going to double that money they're also going to have free bets and boosts all weekend as well so if you're not on my bookie right now you're I, I i mean you just don't like money you just don't like free money at this point and i don't know why why do you not like free money well i thought doing uber this weekend for uh, 100 bucks was going to be essentially free money but we see how that turned out but with my bookie uh, there are no sweaty low fives. To, uh, <laughs> right, no one's gonna, on you, no so. low fives. Just a lot of uh, high yes. fives after you're winning your big bets. But yeah, a lot of stuff there. So what do you think about that super contest? Five games against the spread. Each win earns you a point. That's I mean, if you know what you're doing, 
Yeah, I mean, there's they they got a lot of good deals on there. Blackjack tournaments all the time. A lot of mm-hmm. stuff with zero dollar entry. So the whole casino on my bookie as well. It's not just sports wagers. I know. I, I dabbled in that casino. Though. They got racing on there too, if you really want to. So yeah, that's pretty good. There's uh there's uh, some pretty fun. Uh, the Holyfield fight is happening. This freak show boxing uh, fight is happening. That's right. And they have they my bookie got on on board. Once they announced that Donald Trump is going to be doing commentary for this. Now, this yeah. sounds like a Mad Lib. I assure you that the year is 2021, yes. and former President Donald Trump will be doing commentary with his son, Donald Trump Jr., on the Evander Holyfield boxing match that's going on this weekend. Against Vitor Belfort. <laughs> Against Vitor Belfort, yes. All those things are true, I promise you. That one thing that I mentioned was false there, but they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of uh, 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 prop bets on that. Will Trump mention Joe Biden? Will Trump mention Kamala Harris? Will Trump say fake news? Plus two fifty for no on fake news. <laughs> not a good, not a good deal. I'll tell you that. Not Charlotte winning uh, the triple threat on, on that one. I think that's a it's a bad bet. But uh, yeah, plenty of prop bets going on. NFL prop bets too. That that I I tend to have a little bit more fun doing those things uh, because I'm a weirdo like that. But uh, well, no, I'm not a weirdo. Prop bets are cool, right? People like prop bets. Nothing wrong with a little prop bet. I say the grimier the and more degenerate the bet is, the better. To be okay, completely. good. Well, then, good, 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 good. Yeah, because there's yeah. like there's like normal ones like who's gonna win Defensive Player of the Year, and then there's like weird shit about like will Baker Mayfield dance like after a touchdown or something like that, or if like how many things will this guy do? So there, there's I mean there's a, a massive page of prop bets, just insane prop bets, uh, futures bets, who's gonna win the Super Bowl, who's gonna win what division, who's gonna win. Goes down to the first half, the quarter. I mean, this this is the season, NFL season, to get it on the betting. So, yeah, as we said, plenty of free stuff. If, again, if you were a MyBookie subscriber already, if you were on there, if you had deposits, you would have known that you could have just won $22 today. So I think it's time to get on there. So MyBookie.ag, promo code VOICES, double your first deposit, which, again, you put $100 in, they put $200 in. You put $10,000 in. I don't know about that. They might not match $10,000. I'm sure there's a limit to the match. But any reasonable person's probably going to put X amount of money, and they're going to double that. So you're going to be good to go. Sometimes you'll win free bets like that. you got college football. you got NFL. you got MLB odds. you got you got NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar. You can do it all. You, it's all on there, as you said. Blackjack, casino, horse racing, anything you want at mybookie.ag. Promo code VOICES. But, uh, yeah, now is the weekend to get in on, on that. So even if you're... I'm not a big NFL fan, but I mean, football betting's the best if if we're being honest, right? Yeah, football betting's pretty good. <laughs> it's like I don't like any time like uh, there's sports books that have opened up around me or whatever, and like I don't watch football, but like I sometimes love buddies who are like, hey, you want to come over to the, you want to go to the book and, and and bet football? And I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I want to do it. So it's fun. Yeah, basketball's like yeah, it's a tough sport to do it on. I I hate betting basketball. It's not it's not fun. Yeah, I I'll do futures bets on basketball. Like, oh, I think the Denver Nuggets are going to make it to the finals, right? Like, that's fine. But like game to game, who knows? I'll bet the money line sometimes. I don't like betting the spread on basketball games because it often comes down to the the free throw shooting at the end, and that's not a proper reflection of the game score. You know what I mean? It's just weird. So uh, I don't mind picking a side, but uh, no, I I don't like betting spreads. In college or or NBA, um, you know, I, I like taking. Uh, now I'm just getting too deep in the weeds. This is uh no, go for it. Well, uh, in, in college basketball, I like looking for home underdogs. I like taking points at home in college basketball, so I'll, I'll look for that. And then the NBA, my strategy used to be teams 
on the back end of a back-to-back road schedule. Those rare back-to-back road games, which I don't even know if the NBA schedules many of those anymore because the players hated them. Yeah, very few, very few. Yeah, they used to be more common in the uh, early 2000s, early 2010s, and players would just dog it a lot of times in those in those uh, back-to-back road games, the, the you know the second game. Um, so you know if you're looking for any kind of edge, which in gambling you always are. But other than that, I basketball is. I bet a lot of baseball. I bet a lot of football. I'll, I've bet a lot of tennis. I've bet a lot of U.S. Open the last two weeks. But uh, basketball, yeah, I tend to stay away. It's tough. Yeah, I know there used to be this thing where uh, uh, for the Bulls, if if they had to, uh, anytime they were played on Saturday nights at home, and I, I I think this eventually became like very well you know knowledge that everybody knew because they would start talking about it on national broadcast or whatever. But there was a long time where I had buddies that were real degenerate uh, uh, gamblers, and they would go nuts with road team comes to Chicago, plays on Saturday night. I mean, the Bulls were like 78 and 10 over like the court. Even when they were not that good, they would still like just absolutely destroy people because people fly, a team would fly in on a Friday, enjoy their, their day in the city of Chicago, and then go to that game on Saturday and just absolutely get just pounded by the Bulls every single time. Yeah, that's like the uh, I, I, I've I've heard that theory espoused with the uh, Las Vegas hockey team. You know, teams oh yeah, in. that seems like a great great one for that. Yeah, so right, maybe we'll, uh, maybe with Vegas football, we'll find out. We'll find out this year. That's true too. Yeah, Sunday Sunday in Vegas might be tough. You know, if I'm a team, dude, if I'm a head coach, we fly in. Saturday night at midnight. Fuck, no, you can't even do that. Shit, I'd, I'd fly in Sunday morning. At- it's, it, you know, it's harder now for athletes to to pull that shit off. Like, you know, in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, you know, the Jordan stories are legendary. You know, uh, playoff series against the Knicks, just jaunting off to Atlantic City till 5 in the morning and then, um, you know, having to play the next night or whatnot. But it's a lot harder now with, you know, so just the way the world is, you can't, you know, people with cell phones, obviously, and everything. And it, 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 it's a lot harder for athletes to to do that kind of shit. But uh, but yeah, they're, they, you know, gambling, you, you can get all kinds of wacky theories like that. Most of them are bullshit. Yeah. But anything that makes you feel better. You got to just feel yeah, confident now. to hit that button or call, make that call or whatever is all you, it's all you need. So, yeah, yeah. And then when you hit, it feels good. Like you, like you, you, you knew it. You're like, ah, I knew that. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You cracked right. the code. Right, yeah. Right. But you didn't crack any code. You just, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a uh, random game with random things that happen. And occasionally you get the randomness right. So right. Good for you. Uh, anyway, wrestling, uh, Kevin Owens, recently reported by fightful select that Kevin Owens, deal with WWE is set to expire this coming January. There was reports, uh, that many, many moons ago that he had agreed to a five-year deal, but apparently they did some restructuring last year to the, a lot of the deals, and Kevin Owens is one of those deals that is now set to expire this coming January. Uh, Wrestling Observer Figure 4 Online followed up on the story and confirmed that Owens' deal is coming up in January, and then there's been a whole lot of stuff. Kevin Owens tweeting out the Mount Rushmore uh, coordinates, a little bit of a throwback to his his stable with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Uh, they're doing some weird Twitter stuff where Kevin Owens changed his location to almost there, and the Young Bucks changed their location to there, and all this other really, uh, really silly stuff or whatever. But uh, Kevin Owens' deal is set to expire this coming January, uh, and as you mentioned in the segment before, 
uh, you know, if you're one of those guys that's over in, in WWE and you're seeing what's going on at AEW, how do you not kick the tires? And, 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 and how do you not want to say, shit, I really want to be there? And I'm sure he's one of those. Yeah, he's a guy who I thought might never leave because, you know, he's, he's he just is. Um, he, but I guess maybe his theory is he's made his money. He's undoubtedly a millionaire. Um, he's made his money. And he's got to be in his 40s by now, right? Or close to it. Is he 40, 41 years old at this Kevin point? Kevin Owens is. I was going to say, yeah, he's probably got to be at least late. He's 37. So actually, he's a little younger than I thought he was. A little younger than I thought, too. But he's pushing 40. He's made his money. All his pals are there. They look like they're having the time of their life. They work once a week. He's going to make comparable money. That's the other thing that it's like... <laughs> It used to be, even if you didn't want to necessarily be in WWE because of creative reasons or uh, whatever, it was the only place to make money. That's not the case anymore. You can make the same or even better money uh, in AEW now. So um, when you factor all those things, it's, you know, I, I it sure seems like he's going to be the next one to go. And you know, these guys watch the pay-per-views, they watch the TV, they they see the fun, vibrant environment. Then they go out on Raw and SmackDown with these dead crowds on these bad shows with and they've got to cut these awful promos and nobody gets over and it's sterile and it's just uh it's just plastic and sterile and all the problems we've talked about with the WWE presentation and it's uh you know, there's nothing organic about it. It's not fun for a performer. Unless I guess you're Seth Rollins, who seems to be the only person in that company who loves his job and loves where he is and good for him, I guess, him and Ricochet. Uh, but it's like I, I can see where a guy like Kevin Owens, who felt like someone who would be a lifer there, has had a change of heart. You know, why not go have fun with my pals, make similar money, if not the same money, work once a week? That gives him more time with his family, which he obviously values. Um, cause he's a family guy to an annoying degree. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, it's borderline annoying how much of a family guy he is. It's like, all right, we get it. We see your kids. You know, he's one of these guys who's always pulling the pictures out of the wallet. Like, all right, guy, I get it. You got kids and you love them. <laughs> you know, it's, he's one of those guys, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and, and, and again, you know, you're getting older and, uh, you know, maybe time to have some fun. So I, I totally understand it. Um, it, it now, he signed a five-year deal in 2018, but like you said, apparently there was some restructuring, which makes sense because they were throwing all this money at everybody to keep them from AEW, and then they changed course on that. You know, the, the Good Brothers were a great example. Gave them million-dollar, seven-figure deals, those two guys. What was it, $1.5 million over X amount of years? Yeah, I think that was the joke, yeah, the 1.5, and, yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, then they, they end up cutting those guys. And I guess now we know that there's been some restructuring of some other contracts, uh, you know, behind closed doors to kind of get out from under over Cause now the strategy is completely different. We're not going to uh, overpay everybody to stick around. And in fact, we're not even all that concerned if, if people leave, in fact, we're cutting a lot of these people who have some perceived value um, just to get money off the books now, because we're changing our talent strategy. So now, Maybe that will reverse again when they see what a difference all of these people are making when they go over across the dial. Who knows? But um, yeah, 
it sure looks like with all of the hinting he's doing online and whatnot. But again, Rich, you can never, ever discount doing it for leverage. Absolutely. no, And, and he should. And even if yeah. – and honestly, if those guys are his friends, which which they are, and, and he makes it abundantly clear, hey, look, guys, I kind of have a good gig here. I kind of want to stay here. If those guys are his friends – it's very, you know what I mean? Like, to, to tease like they are, too, is, is the best thing that could possibly happen for Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen. Yeah. Is to have the Young Bucks say that they're Absolutely. interested. And, and when he comes to the table and has that meeting, even if he says, hey, look, guys, I, I trust me, I, I want to stay here. They do this, this, and this for me. You know, I, I appreciate the offer, but I'm, I'm good. But, hey, can you tell me, can you tell, you know, publicly that you really, really want, you know, to sign me or whatever? I mean, that, that's only beneficial to Owens and, and, again, only beneficial in some ways to AEW. I mean, if he truly has his mind made up, yeah, that, that's just plain leverage. He doesn't even have to be in cahoots with Khan. He could just be in cahoots with his buddies. Right, yeah, just text I him and say, hey, I'm saying. staying, but can you just throw something on Twitter? And <laughs> I'll make a Mount Rushmore you... coordinate thing and get everybody all worried. I mean, remember, remember Randy Orton, of all fucking people, who was never in yeah, 10 yep. billion years going to leave, did that the, a post where he's next to Tony Khan's office with his, you know, his finger and the dumb Randy Orton look on his face. And, God, he's, I forget what deal he signed, but it was just incredible. And you know he said, well, you know, Vince. I was in Jacksonville last week. You know what I mean? Like, just like you know. the lip smacking. The lip smacking you add into that. Because you yeah. know he would, right? He's chewing his gum. He's not making yeah. eye contact. Vince yeah. McMahon. Vince McMahon. Do you know where I was? <laughs> Tuesday, you know, not that he would. Repeating the name. <laughs> that's, that's such an Orton promo. Right. Yeah, he repeats the name. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's been cutting that promo for 20 <laughs> right. years on TV. Yeah. Damien Priest. Damien Priest. You think that you yeah, – I love it. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, he's going nowhere. But, yeah, even he went on Twitter. And, no, and, he had to do it and know, point to it and get a big money. You know what I mean? You got to do it. got to do it. The risk you run, though, if you're Kevin Owens and working an angle with your pals to drive up your money is is pissing the people off who want to resign you and, and you know, and, and – you know, he's he's deleted some stuff off of Twitter and whatnot. But again, I'm just saying that you can't discount the leverage game, you know, and and uh, but, uh, you know, maybe he maybe he does feel like it's just a, a losing place to be now creatively. And if the money is available elsewhere and you could have fun, this is what I mean. I don't know how anyone in WWE watches that other show and doesn't think to themselves it would be so much better for me to be there you know and they have to hear from their friends uh all of the talk about you know how great the backstage uh environment is and you know we heard ruby soho talk about that and how did you see her post did you see her scrum i did ruby soho? yeah that's Every, everybody was, should watch that one everybody should watch that one i mean if that doesn't tell you all you need to know and it's like you know she couldn't stop smiling. She even said herself, I've been smiling so much my face hurts. That was a quote out of her mouth. Just, you know, and that was her first day in, you know, and 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 just the difference in the environment that she noted. And, um, you know, and, and these people, they're all friends with the people in the other company. And, you know, I'm sure they talk to them and tell them, my God, it's night and day. It's like, it's, you know, so you hear these things, you know, you can make the same money. You could be with your pals. I mean, why not? You know, you're it, it's so, yeah, I mean, I, I at this point, if you asked me last week, I would have said no way he would ever leave. But now I'm convinced he's going. I, I think he's the next one. Yeah. So 
and he'll be another huge get. And I'll be honest, he's one of the people, he'd be really high on my list of people I'd like to see in AEW that are currently working for WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, I, there was a Q&A we had recently, and someone asked me, oh, you know, who's guy, who are guys from WWE that you'd like to see uh, go to AEW? And that list is shrinking a lot. I think, like, to me, honestly, at, at, at this point, Steen is one of them for sure, Kevin Steen. If Ricochet is still able to, I think he's still able to do what he could do, right? He's not a total idiot at this point, right? Like he, he listen, he would have one. he would have disgustingly incredible matches. I mean, Ricochet with, versus Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Phoenix and Dante Martin and Andrade and Pac. And you know, you go right down the line, he'd have just stupid great matches with those guys. The Bucks. I mean so yeah, I, but the list is getting smaller of guys that because like yeah, I'm at a point now where the AEW roster I I like it a lot. I think it's a very good roster at this point. I'm starting to get like you know yeah, there's there's some guys here and there. There's a few dudes, but yeah, Owens is, is or, or Steen or whatever is 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 very very near the top of that list. You know, I think I don't know. I think um, a lot of people would get a badly needed fresh coat of paint, and. um I will disagree. I think it's it's. I think I have a pretty long list of people I'd like to see over there. I, the the, the fact of the matter is, anyone I enjoy watching wrestle, I'd rather see it. Yeah, at, at its core, I agree. Yeah, when you put it at yeah. that level, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, you know, Chad Gable, Dakota Kai, yeah. like, yeah. If we're anyway. talking like like anybody that that's that's yeah, a competent pro wrestler, I would I would probably much rather see them there. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing anyone can do in in WWE that I enjoy. I mean, I just I the company is just completely non-entertaining to me. So anyone I enjoy watching wrestle, I'd rather see in AEW because, you know, they're going to get a, a, an opportunity to perform in a way that they're not getting where they currently are. So, um, you know, there's people I wouldn't want to see there, but I think, I think that Tony Khan's list would probably be the same as ours. <laughs> it might be pretty so, similar. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, like some of the homegrowns and people like that. And it's like, you know, it, 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 it's whatever. Or or at this point, um, you know, like Seth Rollins is just such a geek at this point. Like I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you know, done with, I'm done with Seth. Yeah, I don't need You know that. what I mean? <laughs> like I don't have any interest in watching him in any company. Um, you know, I'd be – you know what? You know, in a perverse way, I'd like to see Edge – only because I'd I'd like to see if Edge could move business in AEW, <laughs> and that would be really rubbing the dog's nose in the shit, wouldn't it? If, yeah, it's if like, oh wait, Edge, hold on, now he's ruined business. Now he's got ratings up. Yeah, and he pops a big number, you know, because it's become an, a meme how poor he is at that. I mean, he has the opposite effect. But um, but what I don't want to see is Edge's over dramatic fucking high school theater promos and 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 shit like that. And I think you know <laughs> Edge Edge just has bad habits I never thought he had before. Like just he came back and all of a sudden he wants to be like Master Thespian, and and it's just it, he's he's one of my least favorite people. In oh, that he's company. the worst. Yeah, he's he's immediate go away heat for me at this point. Yeah, his promo like every feud is just the most dramatic. Uh, life-altering fucking feud. Like, everything is life or death, and it's like, turn it down. Maybe go to this place that I don't want to go. <laughs> You've gone yeah. there like ten times, dude. 
yeah, turn it down a notch. Like if everything <laughs> is this big, nothing's big, you know? Um, but yeah, it's uh, Kevin's Kevin Owens won't be the last uh, to be rumored. There's some people just low, you know, lying low beneath the surface, ready to go. I'm sure when NXT completely switches over to their new format and they make another round of cuts or another round of contracts running out, a lot of those guys and girls uh, will will want to make their way over. Um, yeah, at some point you're gonna hit budgets. You, you, you really can't sign everyone, but when someone like Kevin Owens becomes available, yeah, you make you'll, you'll make room. You'll make you room did. for Kevin. Owens. Yeah. We talked about this with punk and Danielson. Like some people come available. You rip the budget. You tell Chris Harrington to, to, to get his nose yeah. back on the spreadsheet <laughs> yeah. and figure it run out. Run those numbers again, Chris. <laughs> yeah. You Mostly just have run to the numbers do it. Again. You, you're never going to let something like that prevent you from bringing in a game changer or yeah. a difference maker guess game changer is too strong of a term sometimes, but a difference maker, you know, you, you never let something stop that. They, you know, Khan addressed that at the media call. Uh, you know, someone asked him something about is the roster full or when is the roster full? And he's like, well, it's not. If someone becomes available, that's useful. We're going to try to go get them. And that's the right way to approach it. You know, he even said top and bottom of the roster, you know, and, and, and that's true too. You can't, you got to have people to fill all roles too. You know, 2.0. I mean, look how great have those guys been. Right. And you would have never in a million years have thought that 2.0 would come and be like, yeah, as, as, as useful as they've been. But I, I'm, I like I'm super them. impressed. And, and I like them and I didn't think they'd be that incredible, you know. Uh, you know, and it's, it's – so you, you got to keep your eyes open, you know, the, the top and the bottom. And these are all these are all things that constantly at the presser too. So – um yeah, yeah. Owens won't be the last person we talk about like this on the show. No, no, no doubt about it. Especially if they're serious about their new talent strategy and creating it from within. They signed Gable Stevenson, which, you know, honestly, we don't even have that on the run sheet. And it is a big story that WWE signed him. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure you feel similar to me, I can't be excited about that. Even if he is a, a a blue chip prospect who can't miss, and I've heard some people talk about his lack of charisma, that's not fair to judge a guy who walked out in front of a crowd for 30 seconds for the first time in his life and say that he lacks charisma. Now I get he doesn't have, you know, and and you know some of his real life uh, uh, interviews and stuff. He doesn't look like a guy who might be particularly charismatic in a promo environment. But can we let the guy get trained first? Yeah, let's let's maybe. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, the cast has not died yet. We we got some time here, so you know. So you know, Kurt Angle wasn't exactly the most charismatic guy early on either, and he ended up being extremely charismatic in his career uh, for the easy comp. But uh, but he was a prodigy, you know, bell to bell instantly. But my my point here is, I can't be excited about WWE signing him because I can't be excited about WWE signing anyone. Because I know what the what it's gonna look like when the guy gets caught, and it's just shit. I mean, the, both shows are shit. All three, if you want to throw NXT in there. So why would I be excited about anyone? Right, he's a can't miss, but we've had like thirty can't misses get fucked up over the last decade. So it's even yeah. if he is, they're not gonna do anything with him that I'm interested in. Yeah. What's he gonna be in a? Is he gonna be in an odd couple tag team? Is he gonna? You know, like he's going to do one of the six storylines that they have. Right. He's going to beat up. And he's going to break someone's car. He's going to be in an odd couple tag team. He's going to, yeah. 
he's going to lose in six seconds because uh, they're telling a story. Like, I, like, how can I be excited about that? It's like when they sign Ben Carter or when they sign, uh, you know, a, a free agent. Like, I'm never excited. I'm disappointed because I'm like, all right, well, that's it for Ben Carter. I, you know, all my excitement for him is is gone because he's there. So, no, I'm not excited about Stevenson signing. And, 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 you know, they're doing this now where they're going after the college athletes. And you see this thing with the uh, name image licensing that they're doing with the college athletes yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is smart if those are the, the, the kind of people they're going after. But, again, once the fucking meal is made and these guys are ready and they're on the roster, it, it all goes out the window. Because the way that their shows are structured and the way that they present their product, I can't be excited about anyone. But good for them, because if not, this is just making life easier for for, for AEW. You know, if, if they're not going to compete for the same talent anymore, so at least you know. Now, look, I think people are under this false impression that they're never going to sign indie wrestlers again. I don't think that's true. I, I, I you know, they're still going to go after the occasional indie wrestler or free agent wrestler if they think they have value. I don't think this is like a zero sum thing where it's just. You know, but but there's a clear shift, and man, if you're Tony Khan, you just got to be like you. You got to do a shoulder shrug and say, "Can you make this any easier for me?" You know, everyone wants to come here anyway, but now you're like eliminating the choice. Like right. you're just telling people, "I'm the only option." Yeah, I'll sign all the wrestlers, and you go sign your college basketball players or whatever. Which, which also, yeah. by the way, gives Tony Khan a ton of leverage with talent. This kind of takes away some of the leverage we've been talking about for the last two years. Because if WWE doesn't it has no interest in Lee Moriarty, well then Lee Moriarty is is a Tony Khan has Lee Moriarty. I'm just using that as an example. Um I'm not he ju- I know he just signed and I haven't I know nothing. Maybe I should use a different example. But if 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 Tony Khan wants to bring in uh um fucking name an indie wrestler, Rich, just fucking name uh, Ben Lander. Ben Lander. Yeah. So if he wants to bring in or, or Buddy Wayne's son or something. Nick well, actually, Wayne. He wants to sign Nick Wayne. He wants to sign 16-year-old like Nick Wayne. <laughs> Why can we not think of a good example? If he wants to know. bring in, if you told if he me wants to sign, Chris Dickinson. Go on Chris Dickinson. Oh, yeah. Perfect. If he wants to sign Chris Dickinson and WWE doesn't have interest in Chris Dickinson anymore, well, now some of this, these, this leverage that we've been touting isn't there anymore, right? So uh, this is like bad for wrestlers <laughs> that WWE is taking this tact. And trying to, you know, grab athletes fresh out of college as opposed to, you know, just signing the best wrestlers available. So, um, anyway, that's my take on uh, on Gable Stevenson. It's, apparently, I, I, I guess I just learned this week, it's Gable Stevenson. I always called him Stevenson. Did you know I that I either? Said Stevenson, too. I, There's I, no I, N in there? No, it's Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I've been wrong you know. for as long as he's been in the news. I've called him Stevenson. So. Well, I just said a woman. No one pointed that out, which is interesting because we'll, we'll say some like you know random fucking T two uh, you know two way W wrestler wrong, and someone will say, "Ah, it's actually this is how you pronounce it." But I say Gable Stevenson for an entire show, and nobody cares. But uh, yeah, it's Stevenson. Gable Stevenson. Well, you know, so. I killed a woman earlier, so we're... yeah, you killed Kathy Dingman. So I guess that's yeah, we're on a roll here. We're, we're doing well. All right, let's uh, <clears throat> let's continue this roll here. Let's go over to New Japan Pro Wrestling Company Joe. That is definitely on a roll because uh, they uh, back to that. New Japan. You just <laughs> they stink. What do you want me you to say? What do you want me to say? I don't know. I don't hate them. It's just I don't know. I watch these shows and it's just I don't know. Like 
Nobody makes any noise. Nothing really happens. G1's coming, hopefully. I don't know. There was some good stuff on these uh, Wrestle Grand Slams. Good. People clapped very quickly and loudly for Shingo Takagi. Yeah, so you are good. just, you are, are you're sassy. You are <laughs> I sassy. just, what do you want me to say? Yeah. I don't know. What to, this is the thing with this company. I don't know what to say about it anymore. I got some thoughts on some of well, some thoughts. All right, night one. Let's talk about night one of these Wrestle Grand yeah. Slam. Back-to-back nights uh, in the MetLife Dome, uh, the very cavernous MetLife Dome. Night one, you could hear raindrops hitting the roof, which is always a great aesthetic for a wrestling show where Kevin Kelly has to say, uh, that noise you're hearing is not the fans. That's rain hitting the roof of the MetLife <laughs> Dome, which is like, oh, great, cool. Poor Kevin Kelly. That's how, I know, that's how I know it's a great show is when you can hear rain hitting the roof of a, of a building. But uh, Kevin Kelly and his... In his den with the Joe Lanza mic, trying his best. <laughs> he's got to. He's got to get that figured out for sure. Yeah, uh, you Kevin sound Kelly. a lot better than Kevin Kelly, so hopefully you can get that figured out. Uh, well, G one is not going to matter. He's going to be alive in, in in the flesh during G one, so it'll be fine. Why doesn't Bushi Road send these men some professional equipment so they can broadcast their show? I mean, I don't understand the problem here. Yeah. Why is it Kevin Kelly's responsibility to get upgrade- on Zoom? Get on Zoom with Chris Charlton and and buy a microphone and. This yeah, is a gigantic publicly traded Japanese company. They can't send this man a fucking three hundred dollar microphone. I don't understand the problem here. Your guess is as good as mine, but yeah, it was it was bad on these two shows. This is the worst it's ever been. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was connection issue, miking issue, uh, connect. You know, he's on Zoom, apparently. I don't know what the hell's going well, here's on. Here's the thing. You can just listen to the Japanese feed. That's, yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm going to do that moving forward. I've, I've always tried to give uh, preferential treatment to, like, the English feed. Because it's a lot of, you know, for, in some cases, it's easier to watch. You well, can look Kelly, away for a little bit. Kelly, Kelly and Charlton do a tremendous job. Yeah, exactly. So they do a good job. You can look away for a little bit. And, and whereas Japanese feed, I feel like I kind of have to pay attention a little bit more. I mean, you can get the cadence. You can get all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, for, for moving forward and maybe during G1, I, th- I think I'm going to go back to the Japanese feed to uh, – uh, I've heard people say that even the shows sound a little like you get a little bit more into the shows with the Japanese feed than you do from you know a guy on a microphone you know, thousands of miles away uh, trying to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't buy. I, I'm a sound down guy. I, I am firmly a sound down guy. I put the sound down to like three or four on my TV where you could just barely hear it, and your brain replaces the pops. I know it sounds crazy, but it, it's 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 how I generally do it. Now, the problem with these shows is these buildings were so fucking empty. I mean, there were like 2,000 people in a fucking dome for these shows. It just looked dire. Yeah, like and, some, like usually they can pull off the Tokyo Dome thing where, you know, maybe it's a little darker in the and, background or yeah. whatever. This one was just like guys would come out. It was just like 90% of this arena was empty. It was all lit. And then there was just like a couple, you know, like 1,000 people sitting in chairs around the ring. It, it looks... Not it looks good, really bad. Not a good aesthetic. I get it. Before people get there, I understand what they're doing. I understand. I, I know the business aspect of it. I'm just analyzing and it. We agree with it. Yes, I agree. They should run domes every single night if they could do it. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. Not if they're going to sell 2,000 tickets. Yeah, that that I don't know. Yeah, depending on what they got the, the dome for. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, hmm, I don't know. You know, that that's, you know, it, it was one thing where they're, where they're doing the max and it's 5,000. And it's like, okay, where else are you going to sell 5,000 tickets? Right? It makes sense. But now, but I, I, I think, and maybe someone in the chat could help. I think the situation here was this is a particularly bad COVID, what do they call their states? Prefectures or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like, so, there was something additional with this uh, on top of the usual COVID problems. So, but yeah, they, the aesthetic was really bad on these shows. And it was, uh, it makes it a challenge. I'm not as 
critical as Rich is. Rich is just completely checked out, and I get it. I get it. I understand. But um, I, there was some stuff that I really enjoyed on these shows. So, uh, so I'm going to start with the, the the or do you want me to run down the entire card, or how do you want to how do you want to do this thing? Go back yeah, to front or start night one with match one. Let's all right. Let's do, do that. It. So did you watch you know? the uh, did you watch the pre show stardom? Uh, uh, I did. You did. Oh yeah. What did you think of that one? This was uh, Momo Watanabe, who I constantly hear about on Twitter. Momo, Momo this, Momo that, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Saya Kamatani. Yep. And uh, they beat Lady C and Maika. I have to say that Kelly really did his homework here. So good job out of him. Always does his homework. But uh, the commentators did their homework on this, and they filled the listener, like someone like me, who doesn't watch Stardom. No, I know nothing about any of these people. And they gave you a good feel for who they are and what was going on. And, you know, so they did a good job from that perspective. So, um, and then they had a match. Uh, then we had uh, Flying Tiger, Robbie Eagles, and Tiger Mask defeating uh, LIJ. I, I did not see that match, so I cannot. I, for the record, I only saw the final what, two matches. What, the startup match? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a, I don't know. Nice little two and a half star match. I don't know. Was it? <laughs> Why are you doing that? You're, I'm not. You're I'm trying. I'm trying to move here. on. No, I try to move you're on. You're snickering. You're you're, snick, you're trying to make me the heel because you know the how heel. the Joshi fans are. No. Yeah. This is what you're doing. I I'm hip to your game. What do you want me to say? It was a nice little match. I don't even. Think <laughs> I try to move on. I'm talking Flying Tiger, man. I don't even think the Stardom fans thought it was anything. Special. Yeah, that's what I saw. No. I I think a lot of people agree that it wasn't that big of a deal. So, uh, Flying Tiger, Robbie Eagles, and Tiger Mask defeating Bushi and Hiromu. Listen, am I seeking out Momo tapes? I'm not. But I'm just saying it was, you know, it was fine. No. What was the next match? Uh, Flying Tiger versus uh, Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah. So, Robbie Eagles and Hiromu were obviously wrestling the next night. So, that was a setup for this. And Eagles came out on top here. And then, as we said they should do, and as we said what we thought they would do, he ended up beating Hiromu the next night. But we'll get to that. But, yeah, nice little tag. I mean, they all work hard. Robbie Eagles always works hard. Uh, Tiger Mask for an old guy, always. He doesn't have to work hard, but he does. And you're never going to get a half effort from Hiromu or Bushi. So, yeah, it it was a nice little undercard tag. Now, see, I said both of these matches were nice little undercard tags, but you watch what we get shit for. <laughs> right, right. And I gave them both the same review. You're definitely you're going to start getting match the best the, the match recommendations. Yeah, the links and the yeah, you'll you'll get that stuff. So anyway, the New Japan match was a little better, a little better. Then we went to the Rapungi 3K Grudge match that we've all been waiting a month for. Show defeating Yo by referee's decision, and then what we all wanted. Show has joined the Bullet Club. Mm. He's got purple hair now, and he is in the new uh, sub. uh, Also, a thing we needed a sub unit (laughs) to the Bullet Club. The House of Torture, Joe. House of Torture. Tell me right. about the House of Torture. Sounds like a place in Houston. I used to take my ex when we uh, <laughs> were getting crazy on Saturday nights. Um. <laughs> it is Yujiro Takahashi, Evil, Dick Togo, and Show. So we did have a big write-up behind the paywall. All the backstory on how the House of Torture came to be. So you can get details there, $5 tier. Um, But in the Cliff Notes version, this was um, Dick Togo's idea. And it's a way to continue to to push Evil as a top-line main eventer 
So that's not going to stop. And the idea is if evil has his own sub faction of dudes, it makes him come across like a bigger star. And obviously the long term, which anyone can figure out, would be the evil Jay White feud that they've been teasing, but the pandemic has been getting in the way of. This is an easy way to get to that when they decide to pull the trigger on that. So that will probably be the big Jay White face turn. I mean, you know, because evil's not going babyface. So you could look at it from that perspective if you find this annoying and it is going to be a cheating substable, heavy, perhaps the heaviest cheating we've seen is what we're going to get out of this. Uh, the directive is uh, nonstop heat from everybody in the group. And in fact, they have a direct directive to not focus on in-ring work and totally focus on heat and storytelling, um, this group. And they're going to establish it during the G1 tour. Rich, if you remember when uh, Jay White had that dreadful G1 yeah. where it was all interference yeah. and, and Bad Luck Folly had that G1 where he was establishing. They like to hammer things home sometimes on the G1 tours because they know it has the most eyes. There's going to be one of those things. So uh, torture device. Oh, House of Torture. House of Torture, yes. Is going to a, a heavy accompaniment of evil at ringside. And I'm wondering, because they like to keep the crews limited on the tours, if that might curtail this at least a little bit, if they don't want a lot of extra people in the We'll have to see. But the idea is there'll be heavy ringside presence from these guys during Evil's G1 matches, so you know what those matches are going to look like. Yeah. Um, and the other big thing here is show is set for a push. So that's another silver lining. Um, Yujiro's just there to be a body and Togo's obviously just there to choke people with the wire. So, uh, but, but show is in line for a push. And then eventually down the line, if the pandemic ever ends, this will set up, you know, the, 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 you know, similar to when the elite had their sub faction inside of the bullet club. It's the same deal here, except this one is a device to, uh, keep pushing evil as a, Pushing him harder, actually, than ever as a uh, as a top guy moving right. forward. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm not uh, enthused by New Japan right now. Um, More details behind the paywall. Yeah. So, is this what you would have done with Show? Um, I don't even think this is what Show would have done with Show, but Show just wants a singles push. Yeah, so. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's Show weird. and Yo. By the way, both wanted to be singles for a while, from what we understand. So they're both happy. Um, they're just both happy to be singles at this point. They were as tired of that team. Yeah, as they were probably bored else. of winning the Super Junior Tag League as much as we were. So, well, these are guys in their 30s now who want to make some fucking money. Yeah, yeah. And let's go. The let's way go. to do that is to be a singles star. So, you know, they're going to give it a go, and they were going to agree to anything. I think a lot of people thought Yo was going to be the heel. They decided to do it the opposite. I think they see more in Show, um, because I think if they saw more in Yo, he would have got the spot, but. Um, they, I think, I think they find show to be more marketable. I think he has more of a new Japan style look, top guy look. Would you agree with that? He's, he's kind of a, he's certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's good looking in the, he's good looking in the ways that they think people are good looking. Right, right. He's got Does a more projectable sense? star look to him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like he's more handsome in that way. I'm not saying yo is an ugly guy. He's got a better body. He's a little, yeah. So I, I can understand why they would prefer. I, and I feel like. I feel like show is going to get an honest chance to get pushed and become a star. And I really feel like, yo, I, I feel like he's just going to be a guy on the roster moving forward. You know, a mid Carter who gets treated. Okay. 
Um, he'll probably win the junior title a couple times. And I, I just don't project yo as any kind of top guy, even in the junior division. I don't know where you stand. On yeah. That. And I'm kind of the same with you. And I, I did not love that. He was wearing uh, basketball shorts with tights underneath them. as his, as his singles gear. I was just like, Oh no, that's not good. That's an, an I would ob- say give them both time to kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think show definitely is more projectable star uh, moving forward. It's just, yeah, right now I'm just not as enthused about him being in the house of torture uh, part of that and being, you know, but we'll see what ends up going on. I just, here's all you need to know about show. They kind of let him go 50, 50 with Shingo in a feud. Yeah. Right, right, right. They, they obviously think highly of him for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, you know, they they didn't do that with yo, you know, yo didn't have a feud with, with Will Ospreay. And like, you know what I mean? Like they, they did that with show and they let him be competitive with a guy who is now their world champion. So, um, th- this will be a vehicle to push him, but here's the thing: you're going to get the same shit in his matches that you're getting in Evil's matches, right? Which, which will, yeah, will will, will dr- be a drain on me, and I, I think several other people as well. And a drain. I, we'll we'll talk about it with Night Two. It was also a drain on on one of the matches then, uh, as well. So, and they and this match had that. I mean, it was very overbooked at the end. But I'll be honest, I I liked this more than I think a lot of people did. I I didn't hate this match to show in your match. I mean. I don't know. I, is that a hot take? I don't even know. I, yeah, I I'm not. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think more. More of the complaints I saw were was with the match lengths, uh, as usual with New Japan shows. This yeah. one went 24 minutes. Um, the next match that we're going to talk about here, King of Pro Wrestling uh, yeah. title, I quit match. Toru Yano Chase Owens, 28 minutes and three seconds. You I, want the hottest. You want the hottest take of all? Yeah, I did not watch this thing. So, I, I. I didn't hate it. <laughs> Everyone else on earth hated it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I didn't like it. Let me be clear. But this, to me, felt like every plunder match I see in every company during the pandemic. I, I, I don't see why this particular match is getting the level of vitriol that it's getting when this wasn't any different than your standard WWE 25-minute plunder match that they do with ladders and tables and again i didn't like it i'm not endorsing the match i'm not saying hey rich go watch chase owens and yano don't worry, I, I wouldn't minute. do it anyway i wouldn't do it anyway yeah. but but continue to sell continue to sell but all i'm saying is i don't everyone's acting like this was the worst thing they've ever seen and i i i don't agree with that i thought it was fine i thought it was a two and a half star match so if that and i think that qualifies as a hot take for this thing by the way people talk. Yeah, I think it's it's gotten like some dreadful ratings I've seen on other places. So yeah, calling it okay or acceptable is is is, is, is a pretty hot take, so. What's going on guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, and I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Ufi, and let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Ufi Video Smart E3 30. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E3030 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, 
leave that drill in the toolbox. The UFE has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 7 customer support, and you'll love this none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufeofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network yeah um, and yano yano wins with the uh with the hand he handcuffed him and then threatened to like stab his eye out with it that's a pretty nasty finish honestly he he threatened to fucking like rip his eye out with the scissors and yano and owens was like no fuck that i quit that's like in a perverse way, that's like that's. I don't even. I don't even want to say it. I was gonna say it's like, uh, it's like the Tully Blanchard, I quit finish with the fucking table leg. I mean, it's it's kind of similar, except it was with a pair of scissors. But you know, it's Chase Owens and Yano, and no one cares about them. That's the difference. So y- Yano People gets cared the, uh, about Magnum and Tully. Yeah, they yeah the, the crowd a little yeah. hotter for for Magnum and Tully. But uh, yeah, King of Pro Wrestling title moves on uh, or moves to uh, Tor- back to Toro Yano here. Uh, defeating yeah. Chase Owens. Okay, now I watched the last two matches here so I can jump in. Uh, Jeff Cobb versus Okada. Jeff Cobb defeats uh, Okada in 27 minutes and 41 seconds. I thought this was really, really good. Uh, really good yeah. back and forth action with these two guys. Okada looked, I, I think, the healthiest he's looked in a long time. And Cobb, man, that dude is just, he's got it. He's just figured it out. He knows how to be the wrestler that we've all kind of thought he could be. We all, we all wondered what Cobb was and what Cobb could be and what the best version of a Jeff Cobb was. And he's there right now, man. And I cannot wait to see him throughout this G one as well, because he's got it. He understands his character. He understands his power. He understands how to wrestle. And it's, it's enjoyable wrestling with him right now. When are they facing each other in the G one? They are. Well, we are going to go over that in a minute, but let me, uh, let me double check to see exactly when that will be. Is that a, is that a last, is that last night? So, okay. The last, <laughs> we'll talk about it when we talk about it. This G1 is a little, they are on the last night though. Okay. Here's because when I watched this match, and I agree with you, it was a really good match. Although it was the second match, barely edged out by the main event for best match on the show. I like the main event a little more, but this was a solid match. I'd go like three and a half, three and three quarters, somewhere in that neighborhood. Cobb is just so improved. I mean, he's a guy who I look forward to watching now. Uh, every time out, Okada is in phenomenal shape. Did you take note of that? Oh, I, 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 I think I said it. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. yeah, he looks better than he's looked in 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 two two plus years. I mean, he has slimmed out. He he, you know, he's he looks he's just in phenomenal shape. He's ready for the G one physically, um, knowing what kind of a grind that is on your body. But when I when Cobb won, my first thought was, okay, Okada's beating him on the last night of the G one, and it looks like that's exactly how they have it laid out. Correct. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Final night. Yeah. So that's your typical pre. They always do a couple of these right before the G1. You know, you get an outcome and you're like, oh, okay, well, that other guy's getting the win back in the G1 in the bigger spot. And that's exactly what this was. But it's still a great win for Cobb. Uh, and then you had your main event, uh, which I, I agree with you was probably my match of the night. Uh, very close, though. I thought both these matches were pretty damn good. Uh, U.S. title match here, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Bushi. A very emotional match as the bell's about to ring. Kota Bushi's just bawling his eyes out. So Yeah, what's with that? Uh, people said that the the health scare got him, or because he had a, I mean, he was having a lot of issues. He had the issue with the vaccine. He had an issue with this. He had an issue with that. So I think it was just the emotions of getting in the ring again and 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 being in the main. I don't know what it was, but it was it was wild. Uh, and they had a very good match. I mean, it's it's Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Bushi for 17 minutes. I mean, it was exactly what you would expect it would be. But I, I thought really good action between those two guys. Uh, Tanahashi does end up surviving and retaining the title. And then he's bawling his eyes out at the afterwards, too. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. Maybe, maybe Bushi was way sicker than we all thought or something. I don't know. He looked fine. Like, he didn't look like... He had lost any step, or he was he was he was basically Kota Bushi that we're all used to. But yeah, it was a weird emotional match where everyone's just crying all the time during it. So, well, he had lobbied the whole time to wrestle all of those matches that they pulled him from. So, but he's also a fucking weirdo and a maniac. So he may not have been healthy, and the doctors wouldn't let him wrestle. And if the doctors aren't letting you wrestle in Japan, where it's expected that you just wrestle through shit then that is really saying something. So maybe it did mean a lot to him to get back because he really didn't want to miss all those other matches. So maybe that was it, overcome with emotion. But it was a really good match. One notable thing about this match is I thought the grappling in the early going, which there's nothing I hate more than perfunctory, meaningless, lazy, we're going to grapple for six minutes because that's just what you do when you start a match kind of grappling. I just say skip it and get into the meat of the match and tell your story. The grappling in the first five to eight minutes of this match was, uh, it looked competitive. It looked, um, it, it looked like they were, uh, it, it looked like it was grappling where they really looked like they were wrestling each other as opposed to handing each other limbs and just... Right, like, right. There was always a struggle the entire time. It's always, yeah, a, a guy's always trying to get out of it, get to the ropes, yeah. figure... Yeah, there's always a push and a pull, uh, which is nice versus the I'm laying you it in and the other guy's just kind of laying on the mat for a little bit until it's his yeah. time to get up and try to get out of it. Yeah, no, I, I'm right with you on that. So I thought the entire 17-minute match from Bell to Bell. And how about a 17-minute main event? Ah, fuck, man. More of these. More of these, please. I loved it. So, um, yeah, I went four stars flat, um, you know, even with the, the atmosphere issues, I don't think it's as good as something they can do in say a G one, but, um, you know, I don't think they were really going for that. I mean, guys really step it up in the G one and try to have classic matches, but this was worthy of the main event slot. And I thought it was a, a really, really solid match. A very mm -hmm. good match. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's again, it's one of those that you just, you wish so badly there was crowds again. Cause like there was a few spots where like, I, I think there was one where he, he did like, um, <clears throat> Some sort of like it was like a dragon or, or, or a dragon suplex or something like that out of it. Then a one you know one count kick out or whatever. And it was like fuck, man. This is like it was just like awesome stuff. You know what I mean? It's just it, you could just, yeah. you're just like man, like God. I wish crowds were back again in, in Japan. But uh, despite all that, it, it's still pretty solid. Still pretty solid stuff here. So uh, night two, I only saw the main event, so I'll, I'll run you through uh, everything else on night two. Uh, did you you watched everything from night two, right? So you saw the stardom opener uh, through everything. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, what was this one? So it was, it was Momo Watanabe and, and, and Kamatani again, uh, but against Julia and Siri were, were in the, in the opener here. So what'd you think of Julia and Siri? Yeah. And the Momo and, and Kamatani team lost this time. Yes. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was fine. Uh, United Empire, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb defeat Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Um, yeah, again, you know, Cobb is just getting too much of the upper hand on Okada here. You know what I mean? So it's like they're really telegraphing that. But um, that that's kind of was the story of this one. I don't have any. I have no notes on the on the work or the match itself. It, it was exactly what it looks like on paper. Um, you know. A, a a good solid tag team match between um you know four guys that I like watching. Yeah, all guys kind of setting up uh, a future matchups most likely for the uh for yeah. the G1 and stuff. So, uh then we'll move on to our next match here, Junior Tag Team Titles. It was El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori to win the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. This I believe is their fourth time as champions. Uh Plenty uh, for for these guys. They've had long reigns. They've had short reigns. This is their fourth reign now. What'd you think of uh, Despi and Kanemoro versus Phantasmo and Taiji Ishimori? Yeah, so Phantasmo's loaded boot backfiring. Despi with the fist, the hand, and then selling the hand later in the show when he came out to challenge Robbie Eagles. He still had the ice on the hand from the from the finish and everything, which was really cool. Uh, yeah, I I I, I enjoyed this uh, more than the the next match we're going to talk about with the heavyweight tag teams. So. Um, and, 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 you know, some, some clever booking um, at the finish as well. Uh, so then we had, uh, moving on now, the IWGP tag team title three-way match. Uh, Dangerous Techers retain the titles. They defeat Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, as well as the team of Sonata and Naito. I don't know. I just, I didn't give a shit. And I just watched it with glazed over eyes, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not the right person to review this. I just don't care about any of these people. In this context, yeah, twenty six minutes for a triple threat of three I'm teams that you don't care it. about, yeah, is, is going to be tough. So I, I, you know, I just I don't care who wins. I just, you know, uh, is a nice little diversion for Naito while you know before the G one to do a little quickie title run and, and and tag title run and all that. But um, you know, I th- this tag heavyweight tag division is just not interesting to me at all. Um, I, you know, I know how other people felt when during other eras of this title where they just could not get into any of it. And it's like, believe me. And then those weren't great either, but I just have no use for any of this or any of these teams. I'm sick of it. Making it a three-way didn't help my, honestly, I, I, I liked the last, um, match between Techers and Sonata and Naito, the best out of this entire string. This one, I just, I'm burnt out on it and I don't care. And, I don't have any other thoughts. So uh, then we'll go to a match that I wanted to fit in, but uh, unfortunately, I started watching it before we recorded here, but I didn't end up finishing it. Uh, junior heavyweight title match here: Robbie Eagles defeating Hiromu Takashi. A little bit of a surprise to some people uh, that Robbie Eagles retains uh, the junior heavyweight title. What do you think of the match, and what do you think of Robbie Eagles retaining the title? No, that's the right call. We talked about it um, in the lead up. That yeah, I hundred percent agree. It establishes Robbie Eagles in a way that I think you need to establish him moving forward. Yeah, Robbie Eagles is starting to feel like a bigger deal now too. It's he's not it doesn't feel like he's just oh a covid champion or a you know Hiromu's been hurt kind of 
No, because I feel like they're just redoing the story they were going to do before the world fell apart with these two guys is what they're doing. And I think that that it was very clear that they were going to push Robbie Eagles a year and a half ago or whatever um, before everything um, happened with, with, with the pandemic. Um, and, and it just, you know, and now they're just, they're doing it now. So I, I thought he would win. I thought he should win. The only issue is it makes best of the super juniors very predictable because now Hiromu is obviously going to win that tournament and then probably beat Eagles for the title at Wrestle Kingdom or something on one of the nine, on one of the 19 Wrestle Kingdom shows. Maybe it could headline Wrestle Kingdom and Bipu and they could put uh, Robbie Eagles and Hiromu on top. On uh, on Wrestle King, what what year is Wrestle King? What number is Wrestle King? Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It would be oh man, I think am I fifteen or do we pass fifteen? It's all been a blur. <laughs> maybe oh, it's Wrestle, sixteen. Wrestle, maybe it's, maybe Wrestle it's sixteen. Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom sixteen, night seven in Bipu. We could headline that with Hiromu versus uh, uh, Robbie Eagles for the junior title, and that's where Hiromu will win it. But yeah, from that aspect, it makes Super Juniors uh, way more predictable. So some 15. people might not like it. Wrestle Kingdom fifteen. Joe. All right, so I'm not telling the joke again with the correct number. <laughs> right, it, um, it wasn't that great of a joke to begin with? Honestly. <laughs> it really so wasn't, don't, but it worked. Don't make me repeat it. But uh, but yeah, so it makes best of Super Junior predictable. No, it is going to be sixteen. I'm sorry, fifteen was this year. Oh, for sorry. God's sake, it will be sixteen. Original joke works. Gotta get a new producer in here. Um, so which Rich would agree to in an instant. Yes, um, great idea. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, no, really good match though. I think neck and neck with Tanahashi and Abushi for the best match on these two shows. So um, yeah, I thought the match kicked ass. I think Robbie Eagles is an excellent, excellent worker. Tried to tell people when I was watching his Australian stuff that this guy was was gonna work out in New Japan and he was right up their alley. He always works with such a great sense of psychology. He doesn't. He always tells a story in his match. Oh, for every sure. Time. Yeah, that is one thing I really love about Robbie Eagles. Is any nothing is is worthless in, in his yeah. matches. They're all there's all a purpose and a reason to everything that he does. And he's not because he's not a spotty guy. You know what I mean? He's not a spot dude. He's just a pro wrestler. He's a wrestler's wrestler. He just yeah wrestles he's a matches. Wrestler. Yeah, he wrestles matches. You know, he's a pro wrestler who can do spots. Is what he is. Yeah, that's what he is. He's not a guy doing spots. Right. You you nailed. That's that's the perfect description. And um. You know, obviously, uh, a lot of stuff. He always his matches are often built around that because of the Ron Miller special, built around the legs and whatnot. And um, you know, this is another guy who you knew they liked right off the bat because his first night in Cork and Hall, he tapped out Jushin Thunder Liger. You know, and that's all you need to know. Like that's, it's like things are obvious in New Japan, and sometimes you just miss them. Sometimes you know, we didn't. We talked about it from the beginning. Oh, that's a huge thing. You know, this is a guy. They're making a statement with that, and. You know, now it's, you know, the pandemic got in the way and derailed his push a little bit by a year or more. But here it is. And um, I'm sure he'll have an excellent Super Juniors and he'll probably lose the title to Hiromu and Bipu. So there you go. And then we had our main event uh, of night two of the Wrestle Grand Slam. It was Shingo Takagi defeating Evil to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, This show was a mess. There was parts of this match that I loved. And there were parts of this match that I absolutely fucking despised. And uh, the last 15 minutes was about the part I fucking despised. Uh, the first, there was a point in this match where I'm like, you know what? This isn't too bad. Evil's in there. He's working some good stuff with, with Shingo. This isn't too bad. We get a few interference spots. Red Shoes kicks the guys out. And I go, all right, let's go. We're going to have our match now. Let's do it. And then, Joe, they just all came back. Yeah. And then they all interfered. They all ran in. We got the garrote wire. This is after they got kicked out, by the way. 
They all ran yeah. in. They all got garrote wires. Then Lij came down to even the odds. And then there's a bunch of brawls. And then the guys are fighting all over the place. And somewhere along the line, Shingo Takagi hits the main Japan and wins the title or, or wins w- retains this title. Um, a lot of lot of uh, yeah yeah it wasn't good. A lot of internal politics involved in this match too. Um, as we noted in the write up that we referenced earlier. Uh, Togo lobbied for Evil to win the title here to establish um, House of Torture as a top-line group. And they would have done like a quickie title switch. Shingo would have won it back quickly at some point. Um, I don't know when. I mean... (laughs) There's not much time. Yeah, that's a good idea to not let him have a quickie title because there's not a whole lot of times to change the the title. I mean, would Evil have been champion through G1? I mean, I'm wondering what the plan would have been there. But... um, but that obviously got shot down, and then Shingo did manage to get a lot of the, 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 the interference spots limited. Believe it or not, limited, limited. limited. How? <laughs> so you know, I mean, you know, Evil is a good wrestler. He he's not a great wrestler. No, he's uh, dude. There was the first ten minutes he's, of this match. I was like, all right, here we like you can just do this. Like you can do some little chicken shit stuff here and there. But like this was really good. The first fifteen minutes of this match, I was like, yeah, man, here we go. This is not bad. Evil can go. He can do it. He's a good wrestler. I mean, I don't think he's upper echelon or anything. No, 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 no. But he can, I mean, he's in there with Shingo. I mean, it's not hard to have a good match with Shingo, so. And, I mean, his name is Evil. We do have to remember that sometimes. But before the big turn, he would do, he would always do the chair shot around the guy's neck early in the match. And he would do things that were underhanded because his name is Evil. Uh, But now it's just completely over the top. But, look, he would never get the kind of push that he's gotten before the turn without all of this stuff. So from his perspective and for his career, this is all great. So, you know, that's why you don't, you know, hear about any kickback from him or anything like that, because you know, he won the fucking IWGP title after the first, after the turn, initial turn. And now he's going to get another rocket strap here. So, and he's going to be a top guy, presumably, you know, at this point, until he's downcycled when he's 40. So yeah, from his perspective, this, uh, this is all great for his career. Um, I mean, nobody really wants to watch it. No one in the West, at least. I do think the Naito evil feud initially would have drawn had there been no COVID. Um, and I don't know if it's hard to tell. I, I don't know if the Japanese fans are as negative on evil as the Western fans. I don't. I, I don't think so that. either. No, because I mean, honestly, in this match too, like not to not to analyze, you know, clap crowds or whatever, yeah. but like when 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 Red Shoes kicked out the House of Torture, or whatever. I mean, the crowd went nuts in in terms. Of, they were like, eh, you know, clapping, clapping. Like, the claps were just going wild for for that. And I was like, oh man, all right, like it's working for them still. Like I don't know, I don't know how it could still be working for you. I don't know how you could still be like, yeah, awesome. They're gonna get kicked out and then they're gonna run it. Like, but they still were. I mean, when 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 the Lij hit the ring, the crowd with you know they're clapping like crazy so it's like you know they're, they're clearly into that still at some level it's just yeah from from my aspect as an analyst it's like i just don't really want to watch it anymore it, it, it's just exhausting but working for someone so there always seems to be an annoying cheating stable in new japan though you know and then you just kind of you gotta deal with it and you know this one is the most annoying i think ever though i i, I think the evil stuff with togo oh yeah yeah for sure is by far the most. It's just so great. Like I said, in this one, like Red Shoes kicks them out and then they just come back and then they just interfere. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's so blatant. It's so, and there's just no real, 
I don't know. There's just no end in sight. There's no real push. It, it, nothing really happens. You know what I mean? He just kind of interferes, does shit, and then we move on to the next show where he interferes and does shit again. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's uninspiring yeah. in a lot of I ways. I kind of thought he might be done as a tippy-top guy, but this is a whole new yeah. lifeline for him. So Togo believes in him, and Togo has power. I mean, he's not the top power broker, but he he has some power. And, um, you know, they're all pals from back in the day, and he, he does have influence and power. And he believes in him, and he believes in show. So they're both going to get pushed. Uh, all right, let's talk about this G1, though, because we got a pretty interesting-looking uh, G1 lineup here. Uh, this, obviously, if you do not know, patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling, daily G1 audio. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, daily G1 audio, yeah. I do it like I do every year. Yep. So that is going to happen throughout the entire t- uh, tournament. Uh, a Block here, we're starting off, this is going to be September 18th uh, all the way through uh, the final, which is going to be on October 21st. Well, let's, let's go over these blocks, I guess, first. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm just letting you, uh, letting the schedule, letting you know about the schedule first, and then we'll go over the, oh, okay, the, the okay. actual, uh, or the, the actual, the, the dates that this is going to run. Uh, obviously, gotcha. this is in the fall again because of the Olympics. It'll be back to the summer, presumably uh, next year. But uh, uh, A Block, Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, Zack Sabre Jr., Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, Yujiro Takahashi, Kenta, Tangaloa, and Great Okan. So that is your A block. Good looking A block. I, actually, I don't think that's a bad block at that's all. It's not a I, bad look, block at all. Now look, hey, look, you don't have Willow Spray, Jay White, Minoru's, um, um, uh, Minoru Suzuki. Um, I'm probably forgetting some people. Juice Robinson, if you want to throw him in the mix. Uh, John Moxley, who assuredly would have been in this. So you have some really interesting people not in this. And if you lose, you know, losing Jay White from uh, losing uh, Willow Spray from any tournament is a gigantic blow for match quality. I get it. So this is not the strongest G1 field, obviously. But I think this A block isn't that far off from what from the kind of block you would have seen normally. I mean, I don't think it's a pow- one of the best powerhouse blocks I've ever seen. It's really not that terrible. So um, I, I, I actually think it's a pretty decent block. Honestly, no, I, I like it a lot. I think there's a lot of a lot of good potential in that. We'll talk about some of the matches moving forward, but yeah, the A block to me really good, um, sort of top heavy, kind of middle heavy as well. The the lower end is is, is pretty rough. There's going to be Yujiro versus Tangaloa match, and there's going to be you know Tangaloa versus Great Okan. But there's there's enough stuff in there that I like. I think most matches on that on the A block, uh, with the exception of the Yano matches, the Yujiro matches, and the Tangaloa matches, uh, I'm at least pretty interested in. Uh, and then the B block. I mean, all things See, considered, I think I think yeah, I think Tangaloa can be sneaky good here. He's a guy I'm. I got my eye on. No, I I, I agree. I just I I worry about how they book him in a G one and how they use him in a G one because I well, have liked him. Lose all, look, look, he's gonna lose all his matches. Well, yeah, no, 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 for sure. I just wonder if they get cheaty heavy and oh, heavy. you're right. Okay. That's if they if they see him as the off night. If they just let the guy work like he's done this year. So, I mean, then you can add him to the mix. I mean, if he just goes in there and works with Ishii, I mean, fuck yeah, that's awesome. If he just goes in there and works with Shingo, that'd be awesome. But, you know, I don't know if they see him as, you know, similar to the Toru Yano, similar to Tamatonga in past years, similar to Bad Luck Folly in past years, where they see them as just a night off. So it's like, ah, hell, Kotobushi's been killing himself. Let's go in there and have a match with Tangaloa where a bunch of guys interfere and it's over in, you know, eight minutes type thing. I don't know if they see him that way. I hope they don't. But we'll see. Yujiro is that guy. Yano's that guy. I think they have two of those guys already in that A block. I don't think they need to add uh, Tangalo and Great Okan to that as well. So I would just have those guys go out there and just fucking wrestle and, and not worry about taking nights off. But we'll see. No, I think Yano's the night off. I think um, 
See, the the thing about this A block is some of the guys who are considered bottom guys, I like. I, I think Tonga Loa is a guy to watch. I like Okan. I like Kenta, even old Kenta. So, you know, the only people I don't like are, are Yano and, and Yujiro from that perspective. But I get it if other people are like, I'm not, I'm not watching Tonga Loa matches. And I know a lot of people don't like great Okan. So maybe this block just looks better to me than it does to other people. But the top part of the block is pretty great. Oh, it's not, yeah. I mean, Ibushi, Naito, Takagi, Zack Sabre Jr., Ishii right there. That's not even including Kenta. I mean, that first five. All those guys are going to wrestle each all other. All those guys are good, yeah. And they're all going to have good matches against each other. And Kenta's going to have a good match with two or three of those guys. Sure. Oh, for sure. And I think Okan will have a good match with a couple of them. And Loa, too, if if they don't do what you just said. And that make it interference heavy. Anyway. Uh, B-Block, uh, a little dicier here, but there's some stuff to to, to enjoy. Uh, you got Sonata, Taichi, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, Jeff Cobb, Evil, Tamatonga, Chase Owens, Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi is your, your B-Block. So, I mean, there's Okada and Tanahashi. That's cool. We're getting that on September 19th. Uh, you got Jeff Cobb, who I think has been tremendous this year, and I'm very excited to see him. You have Goto, and then uh, you got Sonata. And I'm not really interested in a Sonata G1. I'm not really interested in a Taiichi G1. I'm not really interested in a Yoshihashi G1. I'm definitely not interested in Evil G1. No interest in a Tamatanga G1 unless I guess he's working. But, I, you know, even then. And Chase Owens, I guess, is a wild card. Because sometimes I really enjoy Chase Owens and sometimes I'm just kind of... So, I don't know. There, there's a lot of... I can see that block being pretty damn good if, 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 if guys have their working boots on in a day. But I can also see it just being an abject disaster for half the shows. Chase Owens is going to open shows and lose in seven minutes. Um, Goto can have good matches with Okada and Tanahashi. I have no interest in Tamatango whatsoever. We've been down that road with him in a G1. It wasn't good. The evil stuff is going to be just a total dreck. Cobb, who we just talked about. Um, but yeah, no, the A block is better. Um, because there's guys like Sonata and Taichi where your mileage is going to vary and mine doesn't go very far. So they'll have their share of decent matches, I think. Uh, Sonata at least has history with Okada and Tanahashi. Um, you know, Yoshihashi's going to work hard. I think there'll be nights of the B block that surprise people when the matchups are right. But yeah, looking on paper, you know, it's impossible to say A block isn't stronger. Uh, so let's break down some of these schedules here because I think there's some interesting stuff going on. So uh, we start out, as we said, September 18th is when the G1 actually gets going here. Uh, Shingo Takagi versus Ishii uh, is presumed your main event there. Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. Kenta versus Toriyano. Great Okan versus Tangaloa. And Kota Bushi versus Yujiro. So right there, two pretty damn good matches uh, to kick off the A block there with Takagi and, and, and Ishii again, and then Naito and, and Zack Sabre Jr. When is that Arthur Ashe show? The Arthur Ashe show is... Is that... Mm, that's pretty close, if I remember correctly. Let me find out when the exact date. The 22nd is the Arthur Ashe show. Uh, and Tanahashi, is, they're off. To t- no, I can't be done. I mean, it'd be, I mean, because he's going to wrestle the next night. Tanahashi's going to be there on the 19th. He got quarantine and shit, too, though, right? Yeah, unless they find some weird roundabout way. But he's going to be wrestling Okada on the 19th. It's not... Imp- no, it, 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 yeah, and then he doesn't have to wrestle again until the twenty fourth. Yes, it could be done. But <laughs> it could I don't, be I don't, not legal. I don't know if legally it could be done, but it could be done. 
I don't know anything about the quarantine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, not, I'm sure not I don't pay attention to it anymore. But um, interesting. But yeah, they're doing Tanahashi Okada right out of the gate first night in Osaka. Let's, let's fucking do it. Yeah, Saturday, September 19th, or Sunday, September 19th, I should say, in Osaka, B Block, uh, Tanahashi Okada. And there's not a whole lot else on there. Goto and Taichi, Sonata versus Tamatanga, Jeff Cobb versus Chase Owens, and Evil versus Yoshihashi. So uh, you're not getting card, much else. That, but, card, that card fucking stinks. <laughs> but you're getting Tanahashi Okada, baby. So yeah, don't complain. Stinks. That's not a great card. Uh, September 23rd, A Block back at it again. Uh, Shingo, Zack Sabre Jr., Abushi, Ishii, Naito versus Tangaloa, Kenta versus Yujiro, and Okan versus Toro Yano. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, B, the A Block's always going to have two or three solid matches on it. That one, that's an that's one where you you look at Tangaloa like that's be a, a huge example of like okay, they're just going to let this guy kind of work and, and and do his stuff. That'd be an awesome example that that night against Naito to to see to see what we're going to get out of. Yeah, him. exactly. That that's going to be one to really judge it. Like I I don't know if I can judge it against Great Okan, but I could judge it a little bit more against Naito if they just let him go out there and and do his thing. So uh, the twenty yeah. fourth. Uh, you got Okada versus Evil. This I man, the B block. I think the B block stinks. Actually, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough because yeah, yeah, it, it falls off a cliff pretty quickly once you, you you get you know a few of the good matches out of the way. So it's Okada versus Evil, Sonata versus Taichi, Jeff Cobb versus Yoshihashi, Chase Owens versus Tamatanga, and then thankfully Tanahashi versus Goto. Uh, uh, Twenty. Not great. Not, not great. great. Not great. Kobe World Hall. Oh, big spot here. Shit. Oh, hey, I didn't even realize this. Kobe World Hall Block A. Shingo... Yeah, but like, here's the thing. Like, the buildings and the cities <laughs> They care. don't matter. Okay, they, they, none matter. of it matters. It's right. And you, you find that a little bit more with this uh, G1 more so than other ones. Because in past G1s, we've been able to kind of analyze, oh, well, like on this night, you know, you want to sell this amount of tickets and this guy. on it. Yeah. It's like, this year, I think it's just kind of like, whatever, you know. Care. No, and I can't get excited. Like, different cities respond to the thing, and none of it matters. You could hold. You may as well hold all these in just the same generic building every night for the sake of, you know, analyzing things. It's just none of it matters. But uh, either way, Shingo coming back to Kobe World Hall. He's going to face Tetsuya Naito in that night. Kota Bushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenta, and then Tonga Longo versus Toru Yano and Great Okan versus Yujiro. But hey, you got three real solid matches on the twenty sixth there. So yeah, you're, that's you're going to have every night with DA Block. Uh, and then I'll quickly go over the rest of these as, as, as I don't want to spend too much time doing this. Look at the uh, top matches. Just look at the Exactly. Top September 29th, uh, back for the B block. Okada versus Yoshihashi. Tanahashi to- uh, Tama Tonga. Uh, Jeff Cobb versus Roki Goto. I guess that's uh, the interesting one. There. The main event on that show. I, I don't know. Cobb and Goto? Cobb and Goto. Main, I mean, that's like the workers' main event, but it'd probably yeah, be. Yeah, but that's not a main no, event. No, it'd maybe. probably be Okada versus Yoshihashi. Or, probably, yeah. Or, oh, Evil Taichi, man? Evil Taichi. Oh, man. Oof. Well, Yikes. you could turn that show off early. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Uh, Thursday, September 30th, Shingo Takagi versus Kenta, uh, Kotobushi Toruyano. Uh, that, one's, uh, that one kind of stinks. That's not a good – look at that show. That's the five good wrestlers versus the five wrestlers you yeah, don't want. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough That's a rough go. That's the that worst show. A block night. For sure. Uh, B block night, October 1st, uh, Tanahashi versus Sonata, Okada versus Goto. Uh, two, uh, two pretty decent – That's a good uh, night. It's a decent night for that one. block. Uh, a block on the third, Takagi versus Kota Ibushi, Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr., uh, and Great Okan versus Kenta. Uh, will be pretty fun from that one. So, uh, Then the fourth, you got Okada versus Sonata, Goto versus Yoshihashi, Tanahashi versus Chase Owens. The seventh, Naito versus Kenta, Tomaru Ishii versus Great Okan, uh, Kota Ibushi, Tangaloa. So that's, uh, that's another yeah, iffy one there. 
Man, I got to do this every day, huh? Yeah, it's a rough go. Hey, enjoy that. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. So I could go it if you want, but uh, anyway, uh, what was I don't even know which one I was on. Who cares? Guys are going to face each other all the night. So Let's look go. at the, la- Let's the look last. At the last the last two here. The A Block Final. Uh, you got October 18th from Budokan Hall, Joe. Ugh, God. So what's it going to come a down to? empty Budokan Hall. So, so Naito this is... has to get past Okan. So, okay. Now, here's the thing that, that I was curious about. And we had this discussion earlier today on, on the Voices of Wrestling Slack. Do you think that this uh, these last two nights are creatively booked like they were in prior years? Or do you think that possibly, because there was some question of like, man, some of these guys are like that are in these big time matchups don't feel like they're the guys that, that are going to be in, in, in you know big spots. And Chris Samson brought this up. A very good point by Chris Samson that there might be buffers for potential COVID issues as well. Is that do you want to come down to, oh, my God, we have to have X guy beat Y on the A block final to move on to the finals? Or do you want to provide a buffer for some of these guys as well? So that if there is a COVID issue, if a guy has to be out, if a guy can't wrestle, if there's a contact tracing thing, you don't have to worry about, oh, fuck, we wanted, you know, Naito to breed Ocon. He's got to beat him on this night, but fuck, he's in COVID protocols, so we have to have Ocon win. The, you know what I mean? Like, do you? Oh, in other words, have it decided already? Yes. Do you think that's a possibility or no? Do you think all these matchups are, are as they were in other years, going to be the ones that decide it? I mean, I think Okada Cobb will. I agree. I agree on the uh, on the B, on the B block. The A block. I don't know. The A block seems a little bit more open to me. I think Okada is going to beat Tanahashi on night one. But then Tanahashi is going to have two more points than Okada going into the Okada Cobb match, and Okada has to win or go home. Because if he ties Tanahashi, he'll move on with the head to head win. And he's got to get through Cobb, who just beat him. And that's your story. So I think that's your B block. Um, because none of those other matches on the final night, well, I guess Evil Sonata, mm-hmm. you have to think that that might be meaningful. But I think Okada. Because he's facing Cobb on the last night, I think he's going through. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think what, what instead of like you know having a buffer, I think you might just see them not get too cute with the booking. Yeah, and if you want Okada to go through the whole way, like you know, yeah. just have him win most of his matches. You know, you might you might have the top top guys might be in the fourteen. To, you know, they might be in the top top tier. Like there was those few years where Gato was fucking around. Everybody was at eight or whatever. You know what I mean? Like everybody was kind yeah. of in the middle and stuff. I think the way I would avoid it in case there is a COVID issue is that decide who you want to win and just have them win most of their matches. You know, have them win most every one of their matches. So it's a good year to do like classic carnival booking. Yeah, right, right. Like I don't know. That, that's the way I would do it. Just because of three if guys have sixteen points and three right, guys like have you don't four have to points. fuck around and 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 yeah. if, if Great Ocon doesn't have to have twelve points going into the final night and and be in the mix. Like it's just have Naito win most of his matches. Have Okada win most of his matches. Have have the guys that are going to be in play just win most of their matches and don't do don't get too cute with it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the A block looks hard to work out. Uh, Naito, see, Okan is Naito's roadblock in the same way that Cobb is Okada's. So that looks very similar to me. Um, I, I'm picking I'm picking Naito and Okada, I think, to go to the final. It's, it man, seems, that'd be a waste yeah, of that. Yeah, I agree, but like I don't see anything else out of that A block that I really love. And maybe they don't see an exit for COVID and they're just like, fuck it, let's just... No, nah, I don't know. I can't see them doing that in front of fucking 2,000 people in some building. It's too big of a match. I can't. Nah, I can't. I can't see it. 
So if you're picking Okada to go through, it means you got to take someone out. That means Okan is Naito's spoiler, and he knocks him out. And they've had history, and Okan has beaten him before. So, I mean, Shingo's winning on the final night for sure, because he's facing Yujiro. So does it come down to Abushi Kenta? And then... I mean, without putting a ton of thought into this, <laughs> just have I have a Bushi win again. Who cares? <laughs> and I and I and I never do. Like I never put a ton of thought. If you notice into the G one, I, I I put a little bit of thought. I look at the final night. I don't like to work it out because I want to watch it play out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if you really sat down, you could no, because we we, we used to do that for a few years where we'd go, okay, well, it's this guy and this guy, and we were right, like you know, ninety percent, and then eventually right. we just came over, and then we we, we started like the last half of the years. We would preview the G1. We would just kind of be like, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, we wouldn't map it out as much. Like, well, our early years, we'd map out every single match and, and, and get it to a pretty close degree. Pretty close. And the thing is, with the double dome, it, it's like... It oh, it opens up everything. Winner. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. makes it almost impossible to predict because there might be, there's probably going to be two title matches. So it's not like, okay, this is the one guy that's definitely going to main event Wrestle Kingdom and you have to worry about... Because it's his time and Well, and then there's the other aspect, too, that you don't really need to worry about drawing. Like, you're probably going to sell whatever X amount of tickets you're going to sell. Yeah, yeah. So you can fuck around a little bit and have a guy, you know, like, ah, whatever, you know, have this guy. Like, not that I think they're going to say, ah, Yujiro, you know what? It's your time, pal. Get up there, you know, <laughs> knock him dead. Like, it was still within reason you're going to have guys win, but it doesn't feel like as that's much of a, okay, is this guy truly ready to be the main event guy that needs to sell tickets to Wrestle Kingdom? It's not going to matter in the sense that he's not going to be the true guy to main event because there's going to be two, you know, two main events and, and possibly three main events. And then also it doesn't matter because it's going to be a, a, a quarter filled dome so it's like whatever you know three wrestle kingdom shows now too yeah why are they doing that third one like three days later in a different city <laughs> i showed you're asking the wrong i don't know is that just new year dash with a wrestle kingdom uh name? i believe that is the case yeah so is that wrestle kingdom roadblock into the line or whatever uh sort of yeah or or or, or wrestlemania wrestle uh, wrestlemania backlash. backlash wrestlemania backlash yeah so that's like wrestle kingdom backlash now yeah. instead of new year Dash, because they're not doing new year dash right um no, I don't think they officially they didn't officially announce New Year Dash this time. So how can you do two Wrestle Kingdoms, a New Year Dash, and then do Wrestle Kingdom again? <laughs> You're right. So for people that don't know, January fourth, January fifth, the first two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, and then also on January eighth, they're doing a Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> so get into at it. Yokohama Arena. So you're gonna have two Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdoms, and then a third Wrestle Kingdom. At Yokohama Arena, so get into it, buddy. Get into it, Joe Lanza. If there's fans, I'll get into it. Yeah, daily, uh, daily G1 updates. Patreon.com/slash Voice Wrestling. Five dollar tier for those, correct? Yeah, yeah, five dollar tier. Five dollar yeah. tier. Joe Lanza G1 Climax daily updates. Uh, we got about ten minutes here. Let's let's uh, go quick. I don't know why you think this is like. I've done daily audio. For the junior tag battle of glory. No, I know, I know, I know. You don't think I can handle this? No, you got it. You got it. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm glad this you're is, doing it. I'm not, but yeah, no. This is 18 nights, though. Yeah. Junior tag battle of glory was like six nights or it's, something. Yeah, but. it's gonna that that's that October 12th. Uh, <laughs> you know, Taichi versus Tamatonga is really gonna start dragging on you a bit, but. One year, I did G1, Carnival, and N1 all at the same time. Yeah, that was fucking insane, yeah. So, this is cake, right? 
Uh, five, it should and, be. And five matches a night. They're not doing any undercards yet. No undercard. Yeah, you're good. You're, so there's going to be one. A few of the matches, a few of the shows do have undercards, but it's a young lion. They're the new young lions versus like one of the the, the stars. And those are going to be great because you've never seen these guys before. So that'll actually be kind of fun. So right. Well, if you need, if you need me to fill in, the, if you need me to fill in on any of them, I, I've done that in the past. I will. I will be willing to fill in. So that's true. I may need you to step in on one or two. Yeah, yeah. If there's, if you're like, look, I'm, I can't do it. I, I can fill in. So. See, you're so like you assume it's just going to be terrible. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I New Japan and me are in a in a bad place right now. So you are, yeah. I try. I try, but it's just you know. Do you? Do you try? I, I, not really. No. I'm not seeing a ton of effort. Uh, there's not a lot of effort going on. So yeah, watch the main event. Look, you're you're checked out. I understand. I get it's it. Just, yeah, it it's just hard. I'm at Life Dome and. It's, it's, I can't do it anymore. And when you check out, you check out. I check. I'm done. Done. Everybody, everybody clapping like seals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Kelly has explained the rain hitting the roof. I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. You might think that's our fans, and it's not. They're making noise, but no, that is the rain hitting the MetLife Dome. I'm like, oh wow. boy. Oh boy. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk death before dishonor here real quick uh, before we get out of here. Uh, ROH has a pay per view this weekend. Yes, they do. Uh, ROH World Championship main event, Bandito defending the title against Brody King, Demonic Flamita, and EC3. He's, you think EC3 is going to change the narrative, baby? Can't beat Bandito yet, right? Can't do it. No, 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 no. I don't think so. So it looks like Roosh, um, the ROH doctors, we talked about this last week. The ROH doc, that was a big hit, that segment, by the way. People enjoyed that uh, impromptu news. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, don't do it right That's, now. We don't have a lot of time, but that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. See, Rich is always scared I'm going to do that. It, it, that was a winner, though. People really uh, gave positive reviews to impromptu news. But it looks like Roosh, the ROH doctor, said, yeah, you're hurt, but you don't need surgery. And he said, nah, you know what? I need the surgery. <laughs> I, I really, really should get surgery. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's it for him. Going under and, the knife uh, to own <laughs> ROH. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, but they're going to get uh, La Bestia Del Ring in there until the end of the year and get their money's worth on that guy. So uh, he's on this show. But maybe the whole family will be leaving. I think they all think they're going to, to AEW. Um, I don't know how Tony Khan feels about that. I guess we'll find out. But uh, that's it for Roosh, which explains the Bandito title win, which at the time looked a little weird. Right. So, yeah, I, I'd imagine he keeps the title here for a little bit as try to add some stability uh, there and kind of the same idea that you were trying to do with Roosh, you just try to do it with Bandito for for a little bit now as well, but obviously not with the same. Yeah, why not? Bandito is a excellent wrestler. Yeah, so. I agree. I, not that I really want to see any of these other guys. I don't want to see Demonic Flamita get the title, nor do I want to see EC3 get the title either. So Bandito still doesn't feel like a hot champion to me. No, I don't think it's ever going to happen. So yeah, but he I, should I, win here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ROH Pure Championship match: Jonathan Gresham defending the title against Josh Woods. Yeah, I mean it's it'll be a, have a high floor because it's Gresham in a pure match. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm into that one. Uh, RH World Six Man Title: Shane Taylor Promotions defending their titles against Dragon Lee, Kenny King, K I N G King, and La Bestia Del Ring. As you said, hey, we're paying you, pal. Get your ass out there. So. You got to job these guys out till the end of the year, right? For sure, for sure, for sure. So remember when Dragon Lee signed a New Japan contract and wrestled like one match because of the pandemic? Yep, that worked out. That did, did. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh... Sucks. Yeah, it does. Kenny King getting uh, getting some work here. Uh, this is an interesting match here. Jake Atlas making his, uh, I guess, debut in Ring of Honor, right? I don't think he's ever, has he ever worked on Rich prior? I don't I don't recall if he ever did. Uh, versus Taylor Rust, the former Rust Taylor and 
I thought he was whatever the fuck he was in a Taylor Rust or Russ Taylor in ROH because I thought he was Russ Taylor on the. He was Tyler Rust for a while. Then he was no, no. I thought he was Russ Taylor on the Indies, and then Taylor Rust in. He was Russ Taylor in 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 Ring of Honor before Russ Taylor. He was Russ Taylor. Russ Taylor. And then in WWE, he was Tyler Rust. What about no? I thought he was Russ Tyler. Rust no, Tyler Rust. Tyler Rust in WWE with the Diamond Mime. Yes, in WWE, he was Rust Taylor in Ring of Honor and Rust so why Taylor. Why is he Rust Taylor now? He's Taylor Rust now. <laughs> I may have may have copied and pasted it wrong, but uh... I, I'm very confused about all of this, as you can see. Um, but we know who the guy is. I think that's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. But uh, he's there with uh, with Jake Atlas as well. So I was, tr- I was trying to look up if Jake Atlas was uh, was ever in Ring of Honor, and I don't believe so. But let me double check one more time. But that's that's a pretty interesting match. I'm I'm, I'm curious what uh, I haven't been as high on Jake Atlas ever as a lot of other people are. Uh, but this will be a big spot for him. I'm, I'm very curious what he does uh, in this one. Okay, so one time he faced uh, Bateman on the uh, Death Before Dishonor Fallout show. Uh, also, oh, another another so. another West Coast opponent here. Yes, 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 yes. So um, um, this is the heavy metal NXT offer match. Yes, <laughs> right. This is Poppy Poppy Raw offer match here with Taylor Rust and uh, and Jake Atlas. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm all for Jake Atlas. You know, he's 26. He's still got plenty of time. He seems a little pissed off by how things went. Uh, again, I have never been as impressed as a lot of other people seem to be about him. So, but we'll see. You know, Who, Jake um, Atlas. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. He's fine. Yeah, people, I'm, I'm kind of with people you. People are like, oh, he's hot. Like, you got to yeah. sign him right away. He's going to be a megastar. And I'm like, I don't know. Good guy. Good little wrestler. I don't know. I've never been blown away either. He yeah. had a he had a three-way in, in Evolve with Kurt Stallion. And I can't remember the other, the third guy. That was a legitimate, like, four-and-a-half-star match. But that, other than that, yeah, I'm with you. I've never I, – I don't think he's bad. I just no, don't I don't think he's, he's bad. Good. But, yeah, people have, like, megastar on him. Yeah. J, J.D. Drake. It was J.D. Drake. Kurt Stone and, and Jake Atlas. But yeah, I hear a lot of like mega, oh, this guy's going to be a mega star. And I'm like, eh, they pumped those brakes a little bit on that one. I, I, I don't know. But he, he's still 26, so obviously plenty of time to uh, to prove me wrong. Rich, there's a name in this next match that can't possibly be correct. Uh, I, Joe, I did a double and a triple check, and I will do one more check for you as well. Let me, let me, let me uh, fire up. There's I, no fucking way. I did the same thing. So I don't know if it's just a man that's aping the name of a, of, of a, a, a former Ring of Honor star. Uh, as well, but um, no, I'm looking at it right here. I couldn't believe it either. Violence Unlimited, Homicide, Chris Dickinson, and Tony Deppin versus LSG, Lee Moriarty, and John Walters. And they couldn't find Azrael? What's RJ going on? Brewer is back in Ring of Honor. Where's Jason Blade? <laughs> did, he not, did he not answer the phone? What what is this? What is John this team? Walter? Leo Saint Giovanni, Lee Moriarty, and John Walters. Talk about a random button team. <laughs> this is incredible. What the fuck is this? He's forty two years old. Um, yeah, I don't know. He was in the he was in the pure uh, he was in a pure rules match. I don't know if you've been catching up on that was uh, back in December. I think when I was catching up with Ring of Honor Television, he was. Uh, he he jumped into one of a, one of those pure rules matches with 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 uh, Tracy Taylor or, or Tracy Williams, uh, I want to say. But uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of surprised I saw his name pop up here again. So um... maybe Marcos of the Ring Crew Express didn't pick up the phone. <laughs> right, right. What are we doing, John Walters? Wow. Matt, yeah, Matt Striker with the Y. Yeah, with the eyebrow. Who who would who did he team? Oh, Tony Mamaluke, right? Weren't they the purists? 
Oh shit. Tony Ma- wasn't it Tony Mamaluke? And... But then they brought in Renaro and redid the FBI. Yes, and yes, they, yes, yes. And yes, Mamaluke yes. and Renaro won the tag team titles. Yes. In two thousand five. Mm-hmm. I, I think they lost they I lost a, a, a Dun and Marcos, a Dun and Marcos. Yes, bitter friends, stiffer enemies. The purists yeah. versus I think I have that DVD somewhere, maybe at my parents' house. Um, not a very, it was an okay show. The main event was Loki and Dad Maps. So that tells you all you had to see there. But, uh, hey, do you think those shows hold up? Um, I have watched, okay. I haven't tried any. 2006 through like 2009, ROH does. I can't say that 2003 Ring of Honor holds up very well. Okay. During the pandemic, I went and, and watched a bunch of them, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I love this as a kid. I'm not like I, I did the thing where I started watching and then I stopped watching because I didn't want to like ruin my memories. Leave the memories alone. Yeah, because I was getting through a few of them and I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of bad. Yeah. So I, I stopped watching some of them just because I got a little. But then I then I jumped over to like a random 2006 show and that fucking rocked. It was awesome. So you know Jason Blade's tag team partner for a long time, right? Oh, I don't know if I know Jason Blade's tag team partner. Man Mikazi. Really? Okay. Kid Mikazi and Jason Blade, baby. He had to be like 10 years old then, right? Undercard tag team. That was around the time they brought in Bobby Fish and Eddie Edwards as an undercard team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Eddie Edwards with the dreadlocks. The, tra- <laughs> the terrible dreadlocks. Terrible. Yeah. Man, how young was Kid Mikazi then? I guess that's why they called him Kid, right? Yeah, I think Kid he's Mikazi like my age, so I don't know what he did in 2016. Well, I think, I think Kid Mikazi and Jason Blade were both New England guys. I okay. Think. Yeah, they must you know have been. Who like, know, you know who would know? Grant Akuma would know. He will tell us. He was in the chat room earlier, but he, he, I, I don't know if he's there anymore. So. They, I think he came up with those guys. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. I could be way off. But, um, but yeah, they were an undercard team. They would do the Northeast loops. I don't know if they'd come out your way. Mikazi and Blade. I don't think they did the Chicago. What was the Ohio City? Dayton. Uh, Dayton. Dayton. I don't know if they did that loop, but they would do... Edison, for sure. Uh, Edison, I don't think they did New York, but they would do like Edison, Philly. Boston, they do Boston. They didn't do Philly either. I think they did that. Because Edison, Boston was the, was always the same weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo- Dayton, Dayton Chicago, be- Dayton, Chicago, Edison, Boston, yeah. Yep. Boston would be the first night, and they'd always get shortchanged. Because Gabe would shoot angles in Boston that paid off in Edison. Because Edison was always the second night. So we always got lucky in New Jersey because we'd get the better show. Oh, yeah. I was that way, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. You, would, you got the I'd second re- night? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Always, always. Or if they would be on – if they would flip-flop it and Chicago would be the first night, they just wouldn't, wouldn't do shit on the Dayton show because everybody burnt everything out on the Chicago show. But, yeah, it was uh, – I always got the good show. So that was, Yeah, like Joe, was, Gagne, Joe Gagne would get fucked in Boston, and I would get the good show in Edison. It would, yeah, I, I always remember um, uh, Wrestling.com, the forums there, a frequent member there. And you would yes. – the guy would come up with the Dayton report, and you would just – be like ah that was a fuck finish yeah. yeah this guy ran it that guy ran it and it was yeah. all like because then the next night that guy that ran in on eddie edwards he would face him on in chicago in a singles match and and this guy and i just remember like the seething road reports from dayton ohio I was like ah yeah the main event. it was about 10 minutes guys ran in a bell ran yep. dq i was like that sucks well they're gonna wrestle for 25 minutes in chicago and tear the fucking house down so slap and refresh all night on, on the, yeah, oh on yeah the show nights that was the way to go to get the, to get the results and everything um, I guess people on early versions of fucking cell phones typing in fucking results. How did that even work? There were no smartphones. I don't know. Um, yeah, laptop, some Wi-Fi. I don't know. Yeah, it was always. 
Some guys would run home. You would get the, oh, I just got home from the Dayton show. (laughs) Like, here's what happened. So I'd imagine they wrote them on on, on pieces of paper. Yeah. I'm probably remembering wrong, and it was just you'd get it all at once when people got home. You know what I mean? We are talking like 26 years ago. No, no 16, 16, 16 years don't ago. Don't age me that much. Jeez. 15, 16 years ago. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, fucking John Walters. I mean, geez. Okay. All right. I'll give it a chance. Go, John Walters. Uh, real quickly here, Briscoes versus Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. The kingdom back together. That's the Briscoes. Yeah. The OG kingdom. Yeah. Well, you know. Mike the, the Miracle Bennett girls. guy. <laughs> or Miracle the Mike Bennett guy is, I think, what. That's all I always refer to him as. I think the Pope said that on Impact one time. Yes. Miracle of the Mike Pettit guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dalton Castle versus Eli Isom, the man that uh, should thank us forever. We got him uh, double booked on that one night. Uh, ROH Women's Title Tournament Final Roxy versus Miranda Elise. And then a pre-show 15-man honor rumble for a ROH World Title match. Well, so uh, death, get before, into uh, death Before Dishonor, baby. Yeah. X V I I I. X. Yeah, I'm not even trying to work that. What is that? 17 or 18? Yeah, 18, uh, 18. Yeah, 15, 16, 17, 18. Eight, yes. 18. There's been 18 Death Before Dishonors, which again ages Fuck. me on its own. I've, I think I've been to a Death Before Dishonor, so that very much ages me. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Death Before Dishonor. Uh, yeah, Death Before Dishonor X. Kevin Steen versus Rhino. That was their live. I was right, I was there left for this other one too, Elgin versus Ciampa. You know, that's the first time in twelve. Rhino is so. one of those guys you forget was in Ring of Honor. Yeah, this is twenty twelve. This is a weird uh Remember Abyss in Ring of Honor? I unfortunately I do. Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. I do. Remember when Christian worked one match and didn't get over at all? And yeah, and they just back. sent him away. Yeah. That that my favorite thing about old Ring of Honor is when dudes wouldn't get over and they would just say, I don't know, man. <laughs> like yeah. the best is Willow O the Wisp. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, Jeff, Conan. sorry, man. Nobody cares about you at all. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm a huge star. They're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like not here you are. <laughs> they want to see, you know. No, not to Willow the Wisp. They want to see Xavier and Samoa Joe. So hit the bricks, pal. Like, it's not gonna work. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was an incredible moment in, in Ring of Honor. That, that's when that company I really became like a huge fan of it, just because it's like, yeah, those fans were just like, no, nah, fuck off, dude, hit the bricks, like, yeah, yeah. But Matt Hardy got over though, remember? Matt Hardy, well, when? So he, that, he did about... the he did the when he quit for the Edge thing. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He was yeah. a mega star, but he was just working people. He was going right back to WWE, but. He fucking then then the Hardys came back in like 2013 14 and drew gigantic houses, but that's a completely different era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff Hardy, Joey Matthews, and Crazy the first death before dishonor in Elizabeth, New Jersey. You were probably there. Oh well, there you go. You're no, probably the one with people booing Willow the Wisp. <laughs> I never right? went. I never went to the Elizabeth shows. Oh, you didn't? Okay, all right. Edison guy. Edison guy. Oh, you missed the dog collar match between Punk and Raven. Might have went the raw way once or twice. Uh, the did they run raw way? I don't even know if they ran. Yeah, they ran. Uh, no, they ran. Um, what was the fucking building? They ran the uh, best of the American Super Juniors with uh, <laughs> B in the fucking monsoon. Um, the fucking rain, driving rainstorm. And then, uh, you know, Kendo Caution. Uh, Convention Hall, Asbury Park, it looks like. Asbury Park. Yeah, it was South Jersey. Um, I didn't go to that either. Yeah. Should have no, went, went to this Elizabeth show, man. Last three matches. CM Punk Raven dog collar match. AJ Styles and Amazing Red versus the Briscoes. And then the main event, Samoa Joe versus Paul London. 
These are the shows you said don't hold up. No, that I, that one might hold up. But the problem is, the problem is Tony Carter versus Doug Williams, yeah. Special K versus the Backseat Boys. Like that stuff's not working for. Special Angel does Dixie Hydro and Mikey Whipwreck versus Johnny Cashmere, Trent Acid, Joel Maximal, and Jose Maximo. There's people that like that stuff. Yeah. Like to this day, and I, it's like, yeah, no, I didn't even like it then. Like bad, um, shiny basketball short wrestling. Yeah, I don't know. Just that whole, that whole, uh, um, it, what was the Fat Frank, Fat Frank promotion? Why is it slipping? Uh, Jersey, um, Jersey all pro. That whole Jersey all pro feel with a lot of those guys. Yeah, know. You know, um, but no, I, I, I really just went. I went to the Edison shows. I went to the Philly. I went to the Armory in Philly a bunch of times, and I went to. ECW Arena a few years later. They ran the TV tapings at ECW Arena. Went to Hammerstein, obviously. So I don't know if I ever went. I definitely never went to Elizabeth. Never went to that building. They stopped running that building after. They didn't run that building all. They didn't run it like after 2004. Yeah, that was an early, early Ring of Honor building. Most of the early yeah. Ring of Honor shows that I watched was in that building. And then, yeah, they kind of they stopped going there for a while. Yeah. All right, so I think that is it for us. So that is the Voice Wrestling flagship podcast. We were going to talk about all-out indie weekend highlights, but I don't know. It was I mean, Davey Richards, Daniel Garcia. That was good. I enjoyed that. I got to see that. I didn't. Watch yeah, you it. go out of your way to watch that one. I did not watch the Freddie A. High Josh Alexander sixty-minute match. I just I'm wasn't in the mood for sixty I, minutes. I'm just. Yeah. I people I trust have told me that I don't need to watch. Yeah, it. I just. I'm sorry. I, I've but, seen other people I trust who said it was great, but it's like. Yeah, good for them. But I'm not. I just. I'm not in the mood. I got to be in the mood for a 60 minute match. I'm just not there right now. So. I saw a great tweet. I don't remember who it was, and I'm sorry if you're listening. And I, if you tell me, I'll credit you. If it, but someone was like, these indie wrestlers have got to stop doing their bucket list shit and making people pay to watch it. Enough with these fucking 60 minute matches. Can we just go out there and have our best fucking 20 minute match? Can we please do that? This is like the most annoying trend. I, I so no, I'm not looking forward to that, and I probably won't watch it. All right, so that is it. I did not watch the war games from GCW. Um, we didn't watch a lot of stuff. It no, looks like no, nah, we didn't watch a lot of stuff. I was at all out. I was busy. I was I was yeah. shaking hands, kissing babies, playing basketball. I didn't have time for all this shit. Moxley so. Cardona. Yeah, I didn't watch, I didn't watch that either. I see. <laughs> so. I see it. Hey, here's the thing. I don't really like Game Changer. I just yeah. I mean, do you want me to come here and bury Game Changer every single week? I don't really want to. I mean, so. I don't really like it. I'm sure it was a hot environment, and I hear it was fucking crazy and good and all that. And I'll watch Moxley versus Gage. I, I would have watched Moxley Cardona. I just wasn't around that night. I watched like three of the shows from this weekend, but I just didn't watch that show, which was probably the only one I should have watched because it was the most newsworthy. But uh, you know, I watched a BLP show and I watched the the three cups stuffed and um. I might have watched something up, but yeah, I don't know. But we're out of time anyway. Anyway, so that is it. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling for all the stuff. The Yes Movement series getting started here pretty quickly. CM Punk, Best in the World, speaking of those old all rate shows, uh, that'll be on there as well. Daily G1 Audio, All Out Instant Reaction, Thursday TV Reviews, SummerSlam Scramble. There is a lot on there at Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. In addition to listening to these live flagships as well. And join the No Dopes chat room. So anyway, that is that. Oh, mybookie.ag, promo code VOICES, double your first deposit, NFL weekend, free boosts, all this shit is on there. So mybookie.ag, promo code VOICES. For Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care.